welcome back to Path to Glory, the Warhammer Underworlds podcast that focuses on competitive gaming, player development, and community growth. This is Aman Kusro, your host, your boy, and I'm joined by my other co-host, Zach Cachetta, a.k.a. Requisin. How's it going? Doing great. Happy to be here. Yes, yes. And we have a special guest, um, someone who's been on the podcast a couple times every time we talk about Kill Team. Um, his name is Fernando Marcos, and he is better known as Ace in the Kill Team community. And I believe he's still the number one ranked player in the world. Is that correct? Yep. I'm still on the top of the hill. Yeah. Thank you for there having we me. Go. I'm very happy to talk about Kill Team again. Yes, we love talking Kill Team with you because you are so insightful. So very excited. Um, the content of the episode today, if you didn't read the label, is that we're going to be talking about Kill Team Into the Dark, which is the new... I don't know if it's a season or just like a new rule set, but there's just a lot going on. Yep. Um, fundamentally changes the way the game is played. Um, but I don't think you have to play it this way. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but included in the box set is the Imperial Navy Breachers and the Far Stalker Kinbands, as well as some terrain, some beautiful, gorgeous terrain where you can build like the interior of a ship, aka a Space Hulk. Um, in addition to that, there are some new, as I mentioned, kill zone rules that we can discuss. And if we feel like it or we have time, we'll talk about narrative play as well. But before we begin and we ask how everyone's doing, I just want to give a quick shout out to our patrons. Thanks to everyone who supports us. If you are interested in supporting the podcast monetarily, please check us out at patreon.com slash pathoglory. If that's not possible, we still appreciate the listens and the ratings. So, I guess as our guest, Ace, how's it going today? I am pretty good, pretty excited to talk about Kill Team, because this is going to take pretty much everything that we know about Kill Team. So, we are starting again. Well, not again, but more or less, you know. More or less. That yes. sounds ominous and exciting at the same <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> yeah, it's, Zach, it's, how about you? Oh, go ahead. It's pretty excited because, uh, again, all the new players need to adapt to the new meta and to the new rules. So it, it's a good time to start over and to rethink things like... There are a few things that doesn't work on open fields, but are going to work on the close combat. So that's exciting to explore the new meta. Yeah. Yeah. I love close combat, if you didn't know. And I don't know if we've mentioned it, but in 40K, when I did play, I played Blood Angels. Ooh, yeah. So the whole idea was to just get quick up in your face and smack you really hard. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm hoping I can emulate some of that experience in Kill Team, which I'm really excited about. Zach, how about you, sir? How is your afternoon going? Uh, pretty good. I'm just finishing up the workday uh, and get to talk about kill team which is much more exciting than the workday uh so <laughs> you know i i've chatted a bit about it on some of our previous episodes um i do really like kill team i play it much more uh, much more casually than ace uh, i would like to start to get on rankings at some point in time though um but uh yeah i think this is going to be really exciting to talk about uh i would like to echo all, a lot of those same sentiments i think this is going to change things up I like close quarters combat because um, my main team right now in Kill Team is uh, uh, Wormblade. So mm. I really like shotguns and I like melee weapons. Um, I also play demons out of the compendium when I want to play compendium team. So I'm I'm all in on close quarters stuff. So this is this is right up my alley. 
That's exciting. Wormblade is Gene Steeler Cults, correct? Yeah, it's the Gene Steeler uh, specialist team. Awesome. Oh, that's that's going to come in the annual. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had the white dwarf for it somewhere around here, but I'm glad to have it in a, a nicer print book. Yeah. Well, look, if 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 Kill Team is something you want to get serious into, um, Ace would be a fine coach. I'm not volunteering him, but now that <laughs> now that we're all friends, um, yeah. I'm sure you can practice with him on TTS or something like sure. that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Of course. And if you yeah. happen to be near Spain, just give me a call. You are near Madrid, and I will play with you. So yeah. Well, next time I go to Europe, I'll uh, I'll convince my wife to give me a day off to play Kill Team. Sure. <laughs> and if you're I, ever in the Chicagoland area, you come in for a Depticon oh, yeah. or something. I'll buy you a drink. Sure, sure, sure. Yes, I would say the same, but there's no events in Houston. However, if you're ever at Nova, Adepticon, or LVO, I'll be there. Are you going to go back to LVO? Are you going to try to back to back champ this? I don't know. Event? Maybe I, I'm. I'm pretty sure that I'm going to go to a one tournament in the USA the next year, but I don't know yet where I'm going to go. But yeah, sure. okay. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones here. Yeah. I'd like to travel to Europe for one at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, my wife and I, went to Great Britain for a vacation. And I'm mad I didn't get any games in a Warhammer world, but uh, okay. maybe next. Uh, you know, we've always talked about taking a trip to uh, like Western parts of Europe. So mm-hmm. maybe if there's an event going on that time, sure. Yeah, that's doable. yeah. Yep. Very much doable. Okay, well, glad that everyone's doing well and is excited to talk about Kill Team. Actually, last question, Ace, I do this a lot, where I'll try to change the topic, and then I'm like, no, one more question. <laughs> but um, what are you playing right now? Is that a secret? or what? I'm, oh, no, no, that's not secret. We, we don't have secret, secrets in Kill Team. I, am, <laughs> I have been playing uh, Hunter Clade, uh, the Mechanicus. Mechanicus. Oh, really? Yeah, yep. they got some nice boosts in the last data slate, yep. if I remember correctly. Yeah, so I have, been, I, I have been trying them, winning with them, and yeah, they are pretty nice right now. Yeah. Yeah. When in doubt, just play with Ace plays, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say, I, I have keep saying this when I came here, but it's still, it's, it's still true, that you can play whatever you want, and if you are a good player, and if you want to improve, you are going to be just fine. So just play what you want, and you will be pretty much fine. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So obviously, both of you are pretty familiar with Warhammer Underworlds. Um, Ace, there's a pretty yep. big community in Spain, and Madrid yes. specifically. Mm-hmm. Zach, we do a podcast. Um, <laughs> so <True>. uh, <laughs> um, for those of our listeners who are tuning into this episode today who may have not played Kill Team or are coming from a Warhammer Underworlds background, what is one thing that you think they should think about when potentially jumping into the game? Like try to convince them on one particular topic that might make them attracted to specifically into the dark. Um, and we don't have to get into too many spoilers, but I just want to see if there's maybe some interest that we can stir up here. So Ace, we'll start with you, then we'll go to Zach. Okay, um, if you are coming here from Warhammer 40k, um, you are getting uh, shorter matches, which is pretty good. You are So you can have more games in, in a, on a day. Uh, you are having faster faster games and you are having like more decision making than Big Hammer. So ah, and you can travel with a little cookie box, which is amazing. It's <laughs> my favorite part. Yep. All great, great things to think about. What about you, Zach? Maybe from a Warhammer Underworlds perspective. Uh, if you're an Underworlds player, Kill Team has a lot of the same things you like. It's low model count. It's alternating activation. Hmm. Um, Instead of cards, you're going to have 
basically you you can think of it very similarly where you're alternating activations and it's low model count and things die pretty quickly but instead of having a cards and a deck you're going to have command points and um uh, ploys and kind of abilities and that sort of thing uh the factions are really disparate and interesting so no matter your play style you're going to be able to find something you like yep. uh, and if you really like positional play in underworlds positioning is a super heavy part of kill team so if you're the sort of person who like visualizes the board state and movement and things like that you're really going to enjoy underworlds especially this new season or sure. kill team this new season <laughs> yeah and, and one more thing uh, about underworlds you don't need to buy every box to play kill team you are just fine like... with one team I feel like that was a shot, Ace. Ouch. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm trying to get into <laughs> Underworld. I'm really sorry. I'm trying to get into Underworlds, and when um, someone explained to me that, well, you need to buy all these boxes, and I was like, oh my god, they this is not going to happen. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, when when the Rivals Rivals Plus is the name, the, yeah. the new format, when mm -hmm. that becomes uh, the standard, I might jump into Underworlds, but not before that. Yeah, it. That, that's definitely a thing to, to take into consideration. I think, still think, you know, if you're coming from 40k or AOS, a season of Underworlds is cheaper than a 40k army. Oh yeah, uh, that's collecting sure, yeah. wise. But if you're coming from like Warcry or Kill Team, it can be a little bit daunting. So, agreed. Yeah, but there, there's you know, for Nova, the logo for Underworlds looks a little different, so they might announce a new season. Might be and. New. Maybe, who knows? Things might be um, packaged differently to make it more accessible for players. That I don't be. know. <laughs> but that could be awesome. Yeah. 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 I'm just saying, you know, Underworld's a great game. It's the it's the kill team of AOS, right? Yeah. So. I, I, I tried it and it was like a blast, like really, really good. But then again, this is this barrier that keeps keeps me out from playing. So I would be really, really happy to if they eliminate that barrier, to be honest. Yeah. Sure. Well, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, And so we'll forgive the shot that we took, <laughs> but uh, in the spirit of Kill Team, I guess it's fair. So look, everyone, we're here to talk about Kill Team Into the Dark. And for those of you who are not familiar, um, it's the new box set for Kill Team. Shout out to Games Workshop for sending us a free preview copy to talk about. And so the entire setting of this narrative is set on a Space Hulk. For those of you not familiar, um, it's just a giant ship that's been like, traveling through space and the warp and because it, it's so big it has its own gravitational pull and then things pull into it and it gets bigger and bigger and it mm -hmm. doesn't make sense but it makes sense in warhammer mm -hmm. and so um this specific space hulk that we're playing in that will one day be known as the gallo dark is the size of a moon yep um it's formed from thousands of spacecraft asteroids comets and meteors and its story is long and mysterious we're not going to get into the lore too much Um, but it is a good read, though. I definitely think you should check it out, um, depending on if you're psychically attuned or not. When you're walking through the Gallo Dark, you can feel its presence as if it's alive, which is very interesting. Um, one of the cool things they mentioned on Warhammer Community was the fact that there's actually going to be a narrative with all the kill teams this year. So every box set is going to actually push the narrative of the Gallo Dark even more. And we're going to find out what's going on in it. Um, Zach, I know you're into the lore. Ace, you're not big on the lore, are you? Um, I'm not bad. Not so bad. Like, <laughs> I know things, but I am not really a librarian. I know things. Every time I hear I know things, I think of that meme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Well, look, there's some really cool changes that um, happen in this book. And so I think we should maybe start 
with some of the core changes to the rules. Sure. So, um, you guys would probably know some of the more subtle differences better than I do. Um, one of my favorite things is talking about like hatches and doors and how that's mm-hmm. going to be um, change things up a little bit. But um, from a overall perspective, Ace, do you want to summarize the changes that are going to be happening to uh, Into the Dark or through Into the Dark? Yeah, sure. Why not? We have like the the main thing right now is we are going to have like um, close quarters, so the map the map just get smaller and safer. So you are not going to be worried about having your team blown on T1 by a tau grenade, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and we have like three or four core new mechanics. We don't have well, uh, let me. Um, Okay, the, the, one of the biggest thing in the new rules is like we are um, there is no scenography, uh, there is no terrain other than the the walls for mm-hmm. for competitive. So the TOs uh, doesn't need to worry much about this because right now if you encounter a bad map or a TO that doesn't know what they what he's doing or simply that he hasn't has the uh, enough uh, terrain to make a good table you can just lose a game because of that and that's really really bad with the, with with this terrain because you have uh, in the mission how do you want to put the walls you are fine the TOs just doesn't need to worry about this and this is a really really big change in the in the current meta in the current core rules if you mind and there is two biggest big uh, big changes too one is the guard mechanic, and the other one is the um, um, barricades mechanic. This is the two biggest um, uh, changes that are happening. Guard is just a shooting action or a action that uh, gets you prepared for trying to uh, respawn if the if an enemy operative goes into goes near you or goes into your line of sight. Uh, when he uh, ends an action, you can activate, you can interrupt that action and then shoot to him or fight first or uh, do a point black overwatch, which is pretty much shooting uh, if he if he charges you. And there is the, um, the barricades that you can place whatever you want, which is pretty good. And of course, the doors. The doors are pretty big. You can just operate them for one EPL. And that's an action, a mission action. So models that uh, have free mission actions, for example, are pretty good in the in this terrain. So yeah, a lot of a lot of little changes, a lot of little tweaks, but pretty good. Uh, all of them are pretty pretty good, in my opinion. Yeah, Zach, what are your thoughts on these these summaries and changes? Yeah, I mean, I agree. That's a that's a great rundown of uh, all the kind of all the big overhead view of all the stuff that's come in. Um, you know, I, I echo your sentiment about TOs not needing um, a lot of big, varied terrain with like line of sight mm-hmm. blockers and vantage points and all these other things. Now it's going to be, do you have walls and yeah. like of the right size? And walls are much easier to come by. Like, I think a lot of people are complaining online about, you know, oh, we're changing terrain to this type, new type of terrain. But like, you can 3D print walls. You can buy yep. this wall set. I'm sure it's going to be available separately eventually. You can make them out of cardboard or foam core or something like that. And I think you'll see a lot of really cool boards uh, people will put out with uh, 
you know, this new design, they'll build mm. their own walls or they'll, you know, buy it from a company. I'm sure there's a lot of MDF ones out there. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. Um, and yeah, the, the big one here is going to be the train is obviously huge, but I think the guard action is going to add just a lot of interest yep. to what you do with fighters. Cause now you're going to have to think ahead as to what you want to do with your guys. Do you want them to wait? Do you want to do something now? Your positioning is really going to matter. How you react to your opponent's guard actions is really going to matter. Um, and it's really going to change how people approach, you know, especially the middle and late phases of the game. Hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good um, first addressing the terrain mm-hmm. comments that people have been mentioning online. But also, yeah, I'm a big fan of guard. Um to be holistic here, I'll just quickly read what guard is. Once during an um, enemy operative's activation, after the enemy operative performs an action, you can interrupt that activation and select one friendly operative on guard to make one of the following attacks. They can perform an overwatch action, perform a free fight action, or perform a point-blank overwatch. If an operative performs a point-blank overwatch, it performs an overwatch action with the additional rule that while within the engagement range of an enemy operative, and the operative is within its engagement range, that regardless of other rules, it can perform that Overwatch action. Um, and then, I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, there's a quick note here that says, it must be an enemy operative's normal activation that is interrupted, and not, it cannot be after an enemy operative performs an action outside of their normal activation, for example, Overwatch. Um, and if an enemy operative has, has its activation interrupted by a guard attack, would be incapacitated and is subsequently revived during its activation, its activation immediately ends. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it also worth noting the second bullet point for point blank overwatch says um, you do not roll attack dice during the melee mm-hmm. uh, action. If you choose a point blank overwatch. So it's basically to say that if your opponent charges you, you get to shoot instead of rolling dice, hmm. which is a bit of a decision uh, because rolling dice and parry in this game is really, really important. Yep. It's really is. Yeah. And, I have like uh, played like two or three games at the moment mm-hmm. on TTS, of course. Um, um, you really need to plan beforehand everything, or you are going to um, be stacked. Like I need to move this guy to open the door, and then this other guy have to put on guard or have to move to the point. Or there is a lot going on on the first and second turn, and there is a lot of decision making, which is pretty good for a game, I think. Which is pretty mm-hmm. pretty healthy. Yeah, absolutely. There is there is a lie da- a lie down like a, a really bad thing on the new rules. I can uh, mess with kill team too. I have for everybody. Uh, the new rules are getting rid of the four tack ups, which is really 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 bad. Like you cannot score vantage, you cannot score six round, you cannot score hold the line, and you cannot score. Uh, what, what is the other? Um, sabotage. Line, sabotage. Sabotage. Advantage, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, that's really bad, in my opinion. Yeah, it says, that the note here says, when using close quarter rules, if you're, you would replace those, you can select a number of cards needed from another archetype your kill team has access to. But oh. not every faction mm-hmm. has multiple tactics, archetypes. Uh, yeah. archetypes available to them. So, I mean, you could always replace them with your faction tac ops, but... Usually, especially things like hold the line um, and cease grounds, also not bad at all. Uh, mm. You know, replacing yep. those with your faction tack ops is not necessarily a good thing. So, yep. there are going to be some factions that really hate their tack op choices nowadays. Mm. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I don't like the change. The change. I I would rather prefer like if they exchange that for another tack up. Like Bandage works this way in Into the Dark. That would be mm -hmm. amazing, and that would be that works. But this is like a really pretty little bad thing on this core rule. Core rules, but well, yeah, you have to live with that. Yeah, pluses and minuses, absolutely. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, th that's the thing with like any sort of new addition or new rules. Like there are always going to be changes that um, some people won't like, and and that's okay because as long as the overall net involvement in the game goes up, hmm. you know, that's all that matters because then you can, you know, these games are designed to play with other people. Um, one of the more interesting um, actions that I think you can take is um, a hatchway fight. Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, essentially, it's treated as a fight action, and you can actually perform the attack action um, even if the, you're not within the engagement range of the enemy operative, but its base is touching an open hatchway's access point, hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, do you think that's something that's going to come up a lot in this game? We'll start with Zach. Um, it really depends. Uh, I, I haven't, like I said, I haven't paged through all the missions very closely. I think there will be times where you're just going to, you're either going to throw a regular guy on there to sacrifice and hold somebody off. So you're going to force somebody to hatchway fight through a hatchway. Um, or you could potentially be like, hey, I'm going to throw this assault intercessor sergeant in the doorway and you're going to have to come fight me and I'm going to murder anybody who comes through the door. Uh, and both of those are kind of reasonable, but it's really going to depend on what the mission is. Like, you can't always just sacrifice a guy to throw it in a doorway if that doorway is, you know, a foot away from the objective you're trying to, to reach mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Ace, any comments on that? Yeah, I, I do think, like, this is going to matter if you are playing elites and you are fighting against orcs. Mm, on the last edition, you can use uh, your uh, monkeys or your not really good uh, operatives to block the doors. Mm -hmm. And this is here to prevent that. Like, if you are trying to block a door, I, I can't fight with you. That's pretty much the, the main thing of that. So that's good. That's a really good mechanic. Like they have think the, the the rules, the rules, rules wise, the core book is they are polished. They are better. They are they are doing a good job. Mm -hmm. I think. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I agree with that. Really good to hear. So um, Ace, I have a question for you. So due to the close combat rules, that actually it's called condensed environment. Um, weapons with blast X, mm -hmm. splash X, and or torrent X. Um, special or critical hit rules gain the lethal five plus special rule. Do you think that's going to change a lot of the loadouts that we see in kill teams moving forward? Well, I think it's uh, good to have. Like some flamers are going to get better, and the grenades are going to get nerfed because right now, if you want to use the indirect rule because of this condensed environment, mm -hmm. you need to be on three inches only, not six. I think that's a good nerf. Like in in this uh, kind of terrain. Um, you need to pile your miniatures. So preventing a rush and into a grenade is, is pretty good, um, in my opinion. Um, so that's a good change. And lethal five on a lot of weapons is, is just going to be a nice to have. Like I have a grenade now; it has lethal five, pretty cool. But I don't see I don't see you are changing a plasma gun for a flamer on the on a marine. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. What? 
I think there's some that may gain a little bit of viability. Um, You may consider, like, if you're playing um, Vet Guard, you know, your grenade launcher gains a little bit of value uh, with your your frags. But um, I don't know. You probably still want to melt it in a plasma, like you said. Hmm. There's some uh, there's some questions that go into that. Well, yeah, I, I used to play Bedgar with four gunners mm-hmm. sometimes or three, so it's going to have to be like a really good to have. But you are still going to if you have only one objective, you are using your crack grenade instead of the frag. So yeah, absolutely, because it's just better. It's just better, but it's good to have. Like uh, some weapons are going to have a really good punch. In my opinion, I, so that's good. I think it's more of a fluff change than really like a super yeah. balancing change where it's like, oh, we're inside, so explosions mm. are scarier, yeah. but significantly more, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, for the no- no- novitiates fl- flamer, this is going to be a really good weapon right now, oh, like a re- really scary weapon, yeah, yeah, as if they needed the help, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, one other thing that I thought was interesting was that now. Um, when you're making an attack, because, you know, again, it's a condensed environment. Mm-hmm. If the attack goes through another enemy fighter, it gives cover to the fighter that you're attacking. Um, mm-hmm. Effectively, means you just roll one less attack dice. That's kind of important, but also probably just another fluff change. It's really important. Like, I, I looked, a lot of good players need to play around this, because you are going to try to protect your good operatives with... Um, with some of the non-good ones. So it's going to be huge. This one should be huge. But in my games, like, I haven't ever used it. Like, I have played three or four games, and not yet, uh, I have not used. But if you get to use this, it's going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah, minus one dice. I mean, it also really depends on the weapon, right? Like, if you're already rolling four or five dice, it's not going to be a massive change. If you're, like, a two or three dice weapon, like, this is devastating. So Yeah. yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be a big it's gonna be kind of swingy depending. Yes. Right. Makes sense. Okay. And lastly, um, what do you guys think about barricades? I think it's the only the only way to make barricades works right now. And they are going to be the only um light cover that you are going to have on the map. Like all the map have only the walls and these uh, barricades. So they mm-hmm. became really, really, really important right now. So yeah, I, I like the I like the change and I think it's really good. Yeah, there's like panels and stuff along the wall that you can hide behind, but mm-hmm. if you're walking down a hallway, like unless you put up barricades, you're kind of SOL, right? So uh, it's it, it's nice that. And so for the people who are listening, if you don't have the book yet, um, now when you set up a barricade, it just has to be more than uh, more than red, more than six inches from your opponent's drop zone. And then more than circle, more than two inches from access points and other barricades. So you can place them further along the map. It's not really just near your territory anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you can plan ahead, maybe put it down a hallway, put it uh, in one of the rooms that the walls built, something of that nature. So uh, they, there's a little bit more tricks you can do with it. And, and there is something really interesting that they have done with the barricades. They police... Uh, the rules like you cannot place another barricade near a barricade you mm. cannot place a barricade near a door near a hatch sorry uh, that's pretty good because they think of a lot of competitive toxic more or less place that people are doing like you can put two barricades making a cross and then a custode or a big tyranny water cannot get to a point like 
at all. <laughs> right, that's, yeah. That's pretty bad. So that's good. That's good that they address that, in my opinion. So, yeah, they, they as, I, as I have been saying, they police all the rules or the the other core rules. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell they're really trying to make Kill Team like they're, they're like really tightly designed competitive yep. game and they're hitting it really hard in a lot of places. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Well, some good summary there. Um, okay, so those are probably all the core rule changes that uh, I think come up. Um, and if more come up later, we can talk about it. But those are the big ones to look out for. Some exciting changes, honestly, and, and a lot of thematic ones as well that I think players, especially skilled players, will be able to take advantage of when the time comes. Um, I wanted to talk about the shadow operations or the mission pack. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, on pages 84 through 101, you'll find nine missions from the mission pack that are themed in this, uh, I suppose, setting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, are any, we, we won't go through all of them, but you know, there's a couple missions here. Are there any that really stood out to you? And do you think these mission packs overall are, are fairly balanced? Do you want to start, Zach? Um, I haven't taken too close of a look. I do like that there's a variety of design. Um, it, the, the one thing I will talk about is like the variety of design in the um, map layout. Uh, because unlike uh, Octarius or any of these other previous uh, kill zones, mm-hmm. uh, it's not just you know take either take turns setting up the train or somebody set up the train beforehand type of thing. Now it's like, Here's the card. This is how the walls are set up. This is where the doors are. This is where the pipes are. This is where the objectives are. It's very strict as to what the map looks like, which I like because a lot of times you'll hear uh, uh, battle reports from an event and they'll be like, oh, you know, the event was good, but the train was set up in such a way that like melee mm-hmm. teams had no issue. There was too much cover or like, oh, it was just a really shooting heavy uh, event, mm-hmm. you know. XYZ event had too much vantage points and the vantage points were in deployment zone. So it was a problem. This, because it's perfectly symmetrical, because it tells you what it looks like, like you're never going to be caught off guard showing up to like a Las Vegas opener and Adepticon and be like, wow, this terrain sucks. You're going to show up and be like, I know exactly what the walls are going to look like. And I think that's a, a very good addition to the game. Yeah. Um, I have been looking at the missions for a little and there is one mission that we might even ban, like this is not going to be playing in the competitive scene. So there is one mission where you are going to try to get a relic or something of the kind. And on a six plus, uh, you are ju- just trying to manipulate the objectives. And on a six plus, you just uh, undercover this uh, relic. And then if you get in your uh, in your hands at the end of the game, um, you just win like six points or something, like a really big amount of points. Which one and, is that? Um, is that pursue and secure? I uh, don't know. Let me take a look. Sorry, it's okay. That's no, okay. That one is the one where you can pass the objective. No, the one with the um, competitive one is like a two point three, I think. But I can uh, take a look maze breakout. I can take a look in a sec. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, it's not power overload. It's like, where is this? It's all about a relic. Like you undercover a relic on a six plus, and if you do that, then um... oh, it's pursue and secure. Yeah. If yeah. a friendly operative controls the objective marker, you score six VPs. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's that's the one. Yeah. With the courier in it. 
Yeah, that's really, like, really, really bad. Because you are depending on a dice, which is really bad. And you are depending on... If, if someone gets lucky on his first roll, you are going to have to chase all the way down um, to try to kill that model and then take uh, the objective. And that's pretty bad. Like, uh, that is going to be a really, really bad thing to do. So we are, I don't know, not yet. We, I haven't speak to the TOs, but maybe it gets banned. Like, it's really bad for competitive play, in my opinion. So That's fair. Uh, and and we'll, I think we'll learn as we go along which of these missions are better or worse. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and the interesting thing about, like, missions that can be initially jarring, um, especially on paper, hmm. is that it takes time to figure them out. And so there could be a scenario in which this maybe isn't that big of a deal. Um, or it is, you know, like obviously um, we're under embargo, so we can't discuss anything until after the embargo date. But mm. um, once the greater community is aware of what these missions look like, mm. um, yeah. I think there'll be some theory crafting. And then if it doesn't get solved within the first month, then yeah, maybe. You can ban it, but uh, for for clarity, the mission is mission two point three, mis- mysterious, mysterious signature. signature. Yeah, yes, that's the, that's the one. Yeah. yeah, it and it's there are six objectives on the board. You have to roll a dice on a six when you go to an objective. You have to roll a dice on a six. That's the only one that matters, and none of the other ones do. Yes, it's kind of interesting in that like you don't know where to go, so you have to like kind of spread out and hedge your bets and that sort of thing. But like you said. You know, one player can just move forward with, you know, their third or fourth uh, operative, roll a six, and then just be in control of the game for right off the oh, track. So, dude, yeah, I was I was looking at the uh, thematic missions. Oh, yeah. The uh, shadow operations. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. the critical operations. Yeah. The shadow missions Oops. in this look pretty nice, too. I mean, yeah, yeah. Maps pretty nice. Stuff. I have read them and they look pretty fun, which is like the shadow operations should be fun. And that's oh, yeah, all, the only thing that matters. Yeah. 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 Um, that's cool. Is there any other missions that stood out to you guys? Well, uh, all the others are, are like the missions in the from for the open field. We have Alut and Sabbaths. We have a Seas Round. Uh, but they get adapted to the to the new times. And they get better. Like, they police the game. They refine the game. So mm-hmm. all of them remember, remember the, the ones that you are used to. But they have a little tweak here and there that makes them a little bit uh, enjoyable, a little bit more enjoyable. So I think they they have done a really good job with this, in my opinion. Yeah, I think um, the only one that jumps out to me is on Mission 2.1. This is Junction Assault. Um, mm-hmm. This is one that has a big open room and some really long hallways. Mm-hmm. A lot of the other ones have a lot of very small rooms uh, and a lot of walls, like even breaking line of sight to the point where you can't see your opponent's drop zone right off the bat. This is one of the few ones where you can start shooting on round one. Yeah. Uh, so I I think it might be a good one to mix in just because like, you know, you, you don't want people to get too used to having a really, really safe round one and this will kind of mix it up for them. So uh, yeah, yeah there, there's some there's some mix ups here. Yeah, that's good. Yep. Yeah, sounds like they did a really good job, which is exciting. Yep. Cool. Well, let's talk about where we're all actually here. <laughs> mm-hmm. The kill teams, which is, I think, very exciting. So um, in this box set, we've got the Navy Imperial Navy Breachers and the Farstalker Kinbands, which are um, a group of crew warriors who, um, as their name implies, kind of like travel the universe and 
look for stuff to eat hmm. and survive and learn. So, um, in this example, the Imperial Navy, they are the sword of the Emperor and the shield of the Imperium. And the Imperial Navy controls millions of heavily armed and armored Voidcraft for both interplanetary and interstellar operations. It's a truly gargantuan organization, and its duty is to protect mankind's world, um, which can be both dangerous and never-ending. And so in this example, or in this team, rather, um, we're going to have a group of like normal, regular, generic humans who are looking to board foreign ships and space hulks and whatever and meteors and um, not die, but also kill whatever they need to kill and retrieve whatever technology or relics or whatever they need to um, to uh, collect here. So let's talk about this gang of really cool generic looking humans with some really cool looking weapons. Um, I guess Ace and Zack, we can take turns going through every single... Fighter, like we usually do, but I think over here, one thing that I want to talk about at the forefront um, is the kill team archetypes. So, security and seek and destroy. What do we think about that? Well, for the um, that's for the navy, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. The Imperial Navy breachers. Um, well, uh, security is pretty good in uh, in open space, and seek and destroy. I think is going to be the be- the best on the. Um, on the close quarters, just because they don't get removed any of the tacops, mm-hmm. and security gets pretty, uh, pretty nerf, like pretty hard nerf. So I think it's good that they have both of them. I, I think they are going to be just fine, in my opinion. Yeah, they've got enough good shooting that, like, if you look and seek and destroy, yep. headhunters viable, potentially viable, depending on your matchup. Executions definitely viable. Um, uh, route I, is viable. I route think. is definitely viable. I think you could probably do deadly marksman. You have enough like gunners, but they're kind of squishy. So I don't know how mm. nec- if you might go for that or not. And the the problem with deadly marksman is like you need to uh you you only have like one threat, one long range threat, the mm-hmm. plasma. Yeah. And other than that, you have nothing. So if you get Deadly Marksman, uh, the Plasma needs to be like a really mobile unit. So that's a not really good, uh, in my opinion, um, yeah. tackle for you, I think. Yeah, but they you also have... have... Oh, yeah. go ahead. Uh, you, you don't have a Sniper, which is pretty good for the Deadly Marksman. Yeah, that's true. But they also have some faction tack ops that are good that you'll oh, be yeah. mixing in there. Yes. Okay, well... So you can destroy pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so when building a Imperial Navy Reach Kill Team, you can have one Sergeant at Arms, who is the leader. You can have in-level Imperial Navy Breacher operatives, um, and there's a whole list. And you can include up to two Gunner operatives. And then other than the Armsman and the Gunner operative, your team can also include each of the operatives above only once, which you know we'll go through all of them in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can only include... A Navis Geist Skull operative, if it includes a Navis Void Jammer operative, and you can only include a cat unit, which is the little rolling robot machine thingy, if you have a Navis Surveyor operative. So, mm-hmm. just a couple stipulations there, but before we get into the fighters, let's talk about their tack ops. So, they've got Storm Target, Into the Breach, and Counteract. Um, Ace, which one is your favorite, and why? Um... 
the name is um, Bridge and um, what is the name of the Into tacos? the Bridge? Into the Bridge, yeah. That's ah, uh, sorry, you are, you are talking Tac Ops or Tactical Ploys? Yeah, we're talking Tac Ops right now. Okay. Tac Ops. So, yeah, I think it's Into the Bridge, my favorite. I think it's going to be the best of, of, of the three of them. Really. That's just getting near your opponent's kill zone edge. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's, it's counter, Counteract. Uh, yeah, Contract is that the one that allows you to use your thing, which is Breach and Clear. That's why I'm mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you kill one model with your first activation, and then with the, the other activation, you kill a model or control a point, you get one point. I think this is going to be your bread and butter. Like, you want this stack up in your, um, your deck every time. Like, it doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter anything. You are just getting this stack up in. Yeah, I, I agree. That's a huge one. Just because Breach and Clear... We'll talk about Breach and Clear in a second. Um, mm. yep. But it is a really, really powerful ability. Yep. And just getting bonus victory points for using it, because you're going to be using it, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's great. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the best one. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. And the other yeah. one that is not really bad is a Storm Target. It, it really depends on the points distribution you need to um uh, you let your opponent to mark an objective and if you control that objective uh, for one time you get one point and if you control that in the end of the battle you get the other point mm-hmm. that's really interesting because you can score the two points on the last turn like if you get to control on the last turn you get both the points which is pretty good um but yeah, the the the, the um, downside of this is like your opponent is going to choose the hardest one. Yeah. So it it might be difficult to score this, but on the other hand, it's possible. So it's really good to have like a, a neutral tag up if you want. Yeah. There, there's some missions where all the objectives um, are just right along the midline, yeah. and so I mean, obviously, then they're going to know which one you're going to go for. They're going to like devote a lot of resources to getting to it. But it also makes it pretty even because, you know, they're not going to pick one that's three inches from their deployment zone. They're just going to cover. It's going to be a fight to get onto it. So mm-hmm. I think it, depending on the mission, yeah, I definitely agree that that's a, a viable one to pick. Yeah, sure. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, well, let's talk about the abilities now. So you mentioned both of you breach and clear. Why don't we talk about breach and clear? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. So, go ahead, Thug, if you want. Yeah, just to, just to talk about it really quickly. Once per turning point, when a friendly Imperial Navy Breacher operative is activated, you can use the ability. Select one other ready friendly Imperial Navy Breacher operative visible to, um, and within uh, four? Uh, Blue square is three. Three of that operative that is eligible to be activated. Until the end of the turning point, those operatives are treated as having a group activation characteristic of two. When the first operative's activation ends, you must select the second operative to fulfill the group activation requirements. I mean, ha- handing out GA2 uh, mm. on on good units is really powerful. I mean, the, you know, you can double up your gunners. You can fire a plasma and then a melter right after another. You can do things with, like, special abilities. You know, your leader has... Um, uh, oh, no, th- this is not one that your leader has a cool thing on. Um, mm. There, But, I mean, 
just being able to back to back stuff that your opponent doesn't necessarily expect, like your hatch cutter can cut through walls so you can like hatch cutter send somebody through or you can like do a surveyor, which allows you to do extra actions with your cat unit. So like your surveyor can go do stuff with a cat and do like mission or like positioning stuff with that. And then you can just go with another guy. So you're not like you don't have like a dead turn. There's a lot of things you can do when your opponent doesn't expect you to go back to back. Um, Mm -hmm. Being able to double up fighters is a big reason that like, for instance, Tau was really good um, or is really good pathfinders. That is. Uh, And this is not as strong as that ploy that uh, pathfinders Mm -hmm. have, but it's kind of in the same vein where it's like, Oh, you think you're going to be able to take one dude shooting or like one guy's ability or one guy's charge or something. Well, I'm going to hit you with two. And I don't know if you can survive too. So that's like, yep. it's a really, really powerful ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there is a lot of uh, synergies in the team. You can use your demolition guy and your school. So you can send your school up ahead and then detonate with the demolition. Hmm. And your opponent have like no reaction to that. So there is a lot of tricks and there is a lot of things going on with this faction that you need to explore, that you need to be prepared to use it. And if you are able to use that, they are going to sign like uh, in a in a good player hands. This ability is like really really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right on. What about void armor? Um, well, void armor is uh, nice to have. You get to reroll if you get blasted or um, hit with a flamer, or and you are immune to the splash rule. So it's just a good thing to have, like. It's nothing too powerful. It's not going to break the game. But it's good. Like, okay, you have this. Good. Pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Splash isn't, like, everywhere. Blast is relatively common. But, yeah, it'll come up. And when it comes up, you'll be happy for it. Yep. Pretty much. Yep. Roger that. Okay. So let's jump to our strategic ploys here. So we've got four attack order, defense order, close assault, and brace for counterattack. In the interest of time, I'm going to ask both of you to pick one to talk about. And so we'll start with Zach. Um, I'm pretty... Uh, so for me, I, I haven't... It's been a while since I read these. I'm just tr- refreshing myself on these. Um, so... Close Assault is a solid one. Uh, this is one I could see using. Um, this is each time a operative fights in combat. So it's a 1 CP. It's strategic, so you use it at the start of the turn. Um, when you shoot or fight somebody within 3 inches of you, um, if you get 2 or more successful hits, you just turn a failed hit into a hit as well. This is going to make you really, uh, really consistent. I mean, yep. most of your guys are on fours or threes, depending on the weapon. Shotguns are three ups. Like the most of your guys are armed with shotguns, and you know if you're familiar with Wormblade or um, like Scouts have very similar shotguns. Four dice, threes to hit, three three. Um, you're going to move up. You're going to be very close. You're probably only going to get one miss. And then you just turn that miss into a hit. So it's going to really make your abilities, um, you make your shooting consistent. And it works on combat as well. So yes. like your sergeant at arms and your axe man, uh, your axe jack are both pretty darn good in combat. Um, and just making them better is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like this is going to be one of your best ploys. Mm-hmm. And the other one is brace for the counterattack. attack. 
um, which is you get uh, to be Nargo uh, since you are reducing the your incoming damage by one. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter if it is a critical damage or a normal damage. You just reduce it by one, and uh, the only request, uh, the only um, thing you need to uh, have done is like stay, stay put. You don't need to. You shouldn't have move uh, at this uh, on this turning point mm -hmm. to be able to activate this. And this is really huge. Like it, at the, as as the play said, is is you get prepared for the for the attack, and it's pretty good, pretty fluffy, and pretty good overall. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great one, too. You can really... At the start of the turn, you're probably just going to choose whether you want to be aggressive or defensive and probably pick mm. one of these, honestly. Yeah. I think you're getting always the the attack... Attack? Is name attack? Close um, Assault, yeah. Yeah, Close Assault. And you can you can pick both. I mean, if you have, a, like, a, a really slow play on the turning point one, you can get both of them. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of hold up those CPs and then yes. burst them out later on. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. Let's talk about. Uh, so it's to a minimum of two, two. Yeah, it's still pretty good. Mm -hmm. Tactical ploys. So um, this is where I think AC were trying to allude to something earlier about tactical ploys. So mm -hmm. we've got overwhelm target blitz, lock it down, and calm head. Which one is your favorite here? Mm, all the strategic ploys and all the uh, tactical ploys are really, really good in this faction. Like, you don't have anything bad at all, mm -hmm. um, which is pretty good. All of them, all of the tactical ploys are situational, but all of them uh, really sign if you get to use on the right moment. So just to be able to pick one, um, you can have, like, uh, overwhelmed target. So for one CP, you mark one of your operatives and you mark one um, point. And that operative, for the effects, have a banner. So, um, sorry, uh, that's not uh, overwhelmed damage yet. That's, you, uh, talking... that's lock it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. talking about lock it down. Uh, lock it down, uh, it gets you one more EPL uh, for the effect of controlling an, an objective point. And that's really, really, really huge. On the, on the later turns... You can maybe charge someone with, a, with one, one of your guys, use this, and then you are controlling that point. So point-wise, it's pretty good. It's really, really good. A really nice to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for me, I really like overwhelm target. This yeah. is um, when you use breach and clear, one of those breachers gets plus one to their APL. I mean, yeah. you're going to use breach and clear every single turn, and you're going yeah. to use it in really powerful situations. And then just getting a straight plus one APL for one CP. I mean, plus one APL for one CP is already good, and then you use it on top of breach and clear. So it's like, yep. mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's a solid little tactical ploy. Yeah, that's a really cool one. Um, more damage is nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk about some of the fighters now. Um, if you're interested in taking a look at some of the other ones, um, I guess we can... Well, you said they were all good, right? So let's just talk about Blitz and Lock It Down. So, or you already did Lock It Down, Calm Head. Mm -hmm. So if you just want to quickly summarize Calm Head, Zach. Sure. Uh, so basically this is one CP. Uh, you use it when one of your fighters is uh, activated. And you just ignore any modifiers to movement, ballistic skill, weapon skill uh, for the duration. 
being injured, you know, you're pretty low model count. Being injured does nerf some of your stats. Um, there's plenty of abilities out there uh, that people can use that will reduce ballistic skill or weapon skill, um, you know, debuffs on mm-hmm. fighters or debuffs on ploys or something. Uh, just being able to negate that, turn your gunner into full ballistic skill for a turn when they're injured, you know, get it a an important fighter, um, have full movement speed when they're injured, you know, negate an enemy's debuff. Like, those are all really, really important things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's probably even worth keeping a CP in your back pocket just in case you need, you know, your plasma gun to fire at full ballistic skill and it's taken a wound or something like that. So, yep. yeah, it's a, it's a pretty top-tier uh, stri- uh, tactical ploy. Mm-hmm. As I said, it's like really situational, but really good. If mm-hmm. you, if yeah, in the on the right place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can I can definitely see a moment where like I really need this attack to hit for my game plan to succeed. Yeah. Um, and then you're able to kind of you know make give it the best opportunity to do so, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, and then Blitz Ace, you want to end us off with Blitz? Sure. Blitz is um tactical. Um, do you see it? And if you are, if this is your first operative to activate. Uh, you get to retain an attack as a critical hit without rolling it. And if this is the first operative you use for shooting or combat, you get to retain a normal hit without uh, rolling it. So this is a like a really high spike of damage, uh, of, of secure damage. Like, I need to kill that target. Okay, this, this is the tool for doing that. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be your first activation, and only for the first activation. But knowing how initiative works, uh, it's really powerful. Like, really, really powerful. So, explain to me, because you know the minutiae of the rules better than I do. If Mm. you have close assault enabled for the turn, so use close assault in your strategic, and then your first fighter, you use blitz. Okay. Your first fighter uses blitz. You get a automatic critical, because he's your first fighter to activate. Mm -hmm. Um, And you get the automatic uh, normal hit, because he's the first one to shoot. Do you also get the free automatic from close assault because now you have retained two successes? If you, are, <laughs> if you are in three inches from that target, yes. So if you're close up and you go first for a round and you just get to shoot with your very first activation, mm-hmm. you get three auto hits for two yeah, CP. And, <laughs> and you can have attack order, which is a really a really big one. Attack order allows you to be like an cult and genestealer cult operative. Like you are going to re-roll everything, no, not everything, one side of the dice. Right. Um, from for a three inches uh, radius, which is big. So that uh, only dice that you need to roll, you can re-roll it if you want. <laughs> so and, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean these guys are going to be deadly when they're up close and personal like if you get yep. within three inches of a of a breacher team i think you just kiss your dudes goodbye they're dead yep yeah but the thing is like you don't have that much of the a powerful uh, damage weapons mm-hmm. excluding the melta and the plasma but even the sat guns are going to be like really really interesting in close combat yeah so, yeah reliable for sure yeah reliable that's the word Okay, so they've got some good stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, so let's come through the fighters here. So um, we'll take... Um, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to ask whichever one of you to start the conversation, um, but feel free to add whatever you'd like um, as we go down each fighter here. So we'll start with the Navis Sergeant at Arms. Um, 
He's got a really cool ability called Command Breach at the start of the first strategy phase. Select the attack order or defense order strategic ploy. Until the end of the battle, while this operative is in the kill zone, you can use that strategic ploy without spending any command points. What do you guys think? That's pretty good. You are, I think you are going to use it for attack order every time. It doesn't really matter what are you facing. Because attack order are just better uh, than defense order. And you are going to use it more times in the in the game. So, yeah. Let's yeah. have it for free. Yeah, I mean, there is kind of a counter synergy here where, like, your sergeant is one of your better melee guys, so there's a good chance yeah. he dies early on because you're putting him forward, and so, you're, like, you'll lose command breach a little bit earlier. But when you get it off, it's good. So might as well have the, the bonus there. Yeah. Uh, Ace, how do you guys plan on... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to ask Ace how you plan to outfit this guy because he can either be melee weapon um, and a pistol or a shotgun and an axe. Mm. Yeah, that was my exact question. So <laughs> I glad have, we're on the same wavelength. I have done my homework. Mm-hmm. Um, I got, I'm going to have him with the power weapon and the heirloom pistol. Is the name? Is that the name? I think yeah, th- yeah, that's it. Heirloom pistol. Yeah, yeah. yeah which is a not... It, it is... A, not bad um, weapon uh, for kill uh, orders like because you are aiming to hit everything and maybe some lethal so that's not bad and the power weapon is splendid and a 3 plus is like really really good and you really need some counter charging models so because you only have this uh, the axe boy and the uh, chain fist is the name I think uh, boy mm-hmm. so having your leader with a melee capacity is really good in my opinion yeah and I agree on the power weapon I, I like I said I'm not hyper into the competitive scene but I basically always take lethal 5 plus where I can take it especially on melee weapons I feel like yeah. that's just always the take yeah and you are going to have like a lot of rerolls a lot of uh, you secure one if you hit two so ceaseless become le- less important for yeah. the yeah, because all those it things take those, all those things take effect when you're within close range of an enemy. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, our sergeant in arms is just it, it's a solid leader. I mean, it is a it's it's a human with eight wounds and a four up save, so he might die faster than you know a, a space marine sergeant or you know oh, a yeah. custode <laughs> or something. But um, but he's good. I mean, it, I think with the melee loadout and with his abilities, he's gonna he's gonna shine. Yeah. Yeah. Try try to keep him alive, like for turn one and two, and maybe three, starting three. Try mm. to have him alive. Like it's pretty good to have uh, one the attack order for free. So yeah, just try to don't get too cocky with him. Yeah, for sure. If you can. <laughs> yeah, when in doubt, always give your leader the coolest weapons. <laughs> yep, <laughs> you're supposed to. Alrighty, so now we're gonna go to an armsman. So these are just. Um, Regular dudes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so they can have hatchets and shotguns. What do we think about our generic armsmen? Um, there is a really interesting thing with the these guys. This is the first kill team that um, makes you... Uh, that you must uh, include one of these guys. one A, a normal warrior. like, And only one. You, got, you get GHU. And you have uh, only one of these guys uh, that you have to auto include. That's interesting. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to ask when we go all all the way down, but the only one that I think you might leave at home in order to take two GA2s is you might not take uh, the Geist Skull or the Cat. Like, you might take yep. one little thing and then take a second Armsman. But you're right. I think this is, you, that this is the first time that there's a GA2 where you can only take one. Um, yep. I think overall I, they're fine, though. I mean, shot, shotguns are good. They've got all sorts of things to keep on top of it. Um and yeah. the, the, hat, the hatchet is surprisingly good. Like, uh, it's only three attacks, three, four. But with all the uh, securing um, hits that we have, be, we have been talking about, mm-hmm. they get pretty good. Like, you are consistently getting three hits. And three hits almost kill a guy, like a normal dude. So that's pretty good. And in defense, that's pretty good. You get to chip every out of models. So, yeah. Yeah, on the charge, if you get a if one of those is a crit, you should kill. Yeah, uh, I mean, a lot of stuff is seven wounds, punching mm. stuff with no issue. Yeah, I really like the miniature on this guy too. He's like cocking the shotgun, and so the bullet is mm. like on its way out of the shell or the uh, the the magazine. The magazine is pretty cool. Yeah, these are great mm. little minis. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, very interesting that you must include a generic fellow, but uh, I like it. You know, do you maybe think it's because um, they're trying to respond to criticism that sometimes you need two boxes to build everything? Mm, I do think that you still need two boxes. <laughs> <laughs> really? Because, yeah, you are, you are going to need some normal dudes. As Tak said, there is, there is going to be times that you need to include more, more normal guys. So, yeah. Uh, is I, that I, when you're not playing in the Into the Dark? or? or well, maybe even in, in Into the Dark, when you are playing certain matchups, you want um, a normal dude rather than the cat or rather than the school, maybe. I don't mm-hmm. know. I haven't been. I I need to test it uh, a lot more. But yeah, yeah, yeah that that's definitely true. Because out of the box, it's a little bit like commandos, where you can build every specialist directly out of the mm-hmm. box, but you won't get your regular mooks. Um, mm-hmm. And unlike commandos, like you said, you actually do want to take your regular mooks a good amount of the time. So yes. Um, yeah, I, I can see you wanting to get a second box of these. I'm sure you could also just kit bash from something else. I mean, oh yeah, th- there's a lot of good imperial dudes with body armor. If you have old uh, Inquisition stuff, or if you have the new, yeah, if you they bring back U- Euclidean Star Striders, I mean, you could probably just use the Voidsman from that with no issue as well. Yeah, that's actually I think why they brought them back. Oh, so you can mix and match. So you yeah. can't you can't mix and match. Yeah, interesting. Because technically, it's a miniature from another kill team. Yeah. I'm sure most people won't mind, but yeah, I don't think anyone will care. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't care. We, we don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I do think this normal dude uh, include. There is two theories for me. Maybe they get a buff buff in the last second. So just take a normal dude and and go on. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is like. Even if you get, uh, if you don't take the cat, and you get a normal dude, you don't get to activate one more. Like with this JHU, your number of activations stays the same, like mm-hmm. twelve. So maybe it's a balance issue. I don't know. Just to, just for the fun of speculating. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. Yeah, very interesting. Okay, well, let's move on then now to probably the coolest miniature from the box, at least from the imperial side. Um, is the Navis Axe Jack. So oh, this yeah. dude's got a giant axe. This dude can do some really cool things here. Ace, you sound excited. Let's start with you. He's pretty good. Like, he has a power axe, and if he charge, um, he get um, um, feel no pain of fives. 
and that's like and and if he charges, he gets ripped rip too, which is not the best of the skills of the book, but it's not bad. But the feel no pain, the feel no pain really is good. Like it's really really good, and you don't have that much of um um combat models. So having this guy to counter charge is pretty good in your team. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Makes sense. Zach, what do you think about Big Boy Axe Jack over here? Yeah, I mean, he's your charger outside of your leader. He, well, we also have Chain Fist, so you have a couple mm-hmm. okay melee guys. Um, but just a, a power weapon with Reap, that, I mean, that means for every five up you roll, uh, you know, if you're going first, you roll a five up, that means you're getting six plus two damage. That's pretty good. Mm. Um, Not for your first target. Oh right, that's how reap works. Reap is yep. a little funny. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you you get to reap uh, other enemies' operatives. Uh, other ones. Not, yep. Yeah. Okay. I was mixing that up with um, just mortal wound. Um, Splash. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess it's going to be tight confines. So you might get it off. But I mean, like I said before, power weapons are just good. So he's. Yep. It, it doesn't matter. He's good. He's a good guy. Yep. He's very good. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go to the Navis. Cat unit also stands for Cyber Altered Task Unit. I mean, it's a reconnaissance vehicle. Um, What do we think about this? Now, you can't take a cat unit unless you take... uh, And that fighter is a surveyor. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we'll talk about the surveyor and the cat unit together. So why don't we start with Zach this time? Mm -hmm. Um, So the cat unit is a little bit like... Uh, if you want to draw a comparison, he's kind of like um, the Imperial version of the Grot Commando, where he doesn't really do much. He, this guy can't even fight, unlike the Grot Commando. Um, but he's just going to kind of like, he gets extra movement, so he gets a free dash at the beginning. Um, you can't modify his APL. Really, he what he's going to do is he's going to be used alongside your Surveyor. Uh, and your Surveyor can use one of their APL uh, in order to do stuff with the cat unit. So um, you give an extra one to your cat unit so it can move and dash in its turn. Um, you can use it to set up surveillance tokens. Um, when you, you, So you can use the cat token to set up surveillance tokens. Uh, it drops a token on the ground, and it treats enemies with conceal orders as having engage orders. Um, so you're just going to be sending up this little, this little chunky robot and it's gonna like turn off enemy cover so it, it's a very tricky unit to use i think a lot of people who are you know new to the faction or don't really understand the mechanics are just going to get it killed and use it as like a body blocking thing um <laughs> but it's actually has a lot of utility um and i think somebody who knows the faction inside and out very well is going to use it uh, to great effect so what uh, what do you think ace I completely agree with you. This is your hardest piece of the toolbox. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he can um, um, pass the the comms. Uh, you can give plus one APL with this guy and with the comms. Mm-hmm. So it's like a little comms, a little portrayal comms that you can move from to the other rooms. He can move up to eight, which is really good. And the, the other thing is like he's like a portable portable vantage, so that's good. I think he can sign much more in the in open spaces, maybe. 
I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's going to be really tricky to use, but really satisfying to use if you if you see him properly. So yeah, pretty good, pretty nice. Mm -hmm. It's a cool little piece. Yeah, hard to use. So yeah. Yeah. Any other comments on the surveyor? He's your normal comms guy. Like he can use a plus one APL. He has a shotgun, mm -hmm. and he has the the axe, the little axe, the hatchet, the hatchet, hatchet. Yeah, he loadout wise, he's the same as your yeah. uh, regular dude. Um, I think you mentioned at the beginning uh, using him in uh, using him together with your grenadier with the demolition charge uh, mm -hmm. because you can with the uh, uh, with your breach and clear, um, you can have them go together. You can use the surveyor to give your grenadier plus one APL, and he can do his demolition charge that we talked about. Um, so there's um, they like factions right now that have comms are really strong, uh, yeah. and this is just a comms that has a cat, which is which is mm. nice. Yeah, it's pretty good. I think yeah. Mm -hmm. Roger that. Okay, well, let's go to our Navis Endurant. This is the dude with the big-ass shield and a shotgun. Reminds me of an Imperial Fist over here. What do we think about this dude? Let's start with... Who started last? I think Zach did. So, Ace, you can go up. Mm -hmm. mm, I think he's brilliant. Um, he has 10 goons. He only moved 4. But 10 goons and... He has the ability... And saving on choose, like a custodian... And he even have the um, the storm seal pe uh, Perry, which is pretty good. Uh, and he can even uh, protect allies if they get base to base. So I do think it's a really, 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 really interesting and tough piece to for the enemy to handle, in my opinion. So yeah, he's your frontline uh, dude, and he's going to hold the line like for sure. Yeah, I mean, he he's basically a mobile wall that you bring with yeah. you. Your mobile wall that has a shotgun attached to it. Yeah, yeah. with Relentless, by the way. Yeah, his is Relentless. And his um, shield, like you said, he's got the shield that uh, works like Storm Shield. Um, he also gets to disengage for one AP, which is actually yes. really interesting. It's really um, good, yeah. Because, he, so for clarity, his shield only does damage 1-1. One, one. It's, like, <laughs> not very useful. But... Um, what you're going to do is like take a charge. They're going to charge you. You're going to go, okay, I'm going to parry two of your hits. I've got 10 wounds, whatever. Yeah. And then you're just going to retreat for one and shoot him with a shotgun. And that's pretty good, right? Like that's pretty solid. Like he's a tough, cook, a tough cookie. He has 10 goons, but then you can, you can have one goon by equipment and mm -hmm. you can have one more HP or maybe multiples more HP with your ploy, your um, Nargle ploy, if you mind. So then he's really, 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 really tough to kill. And even if you charge him, he can use the storm seal and then disengage and shoot you in the face. So that's a really, <laughs> really strong unit, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I like him. I wish you could take two. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. The shields are great, yeah. Alrighty. Well, we've got the Geist Skull next, and he comes with a void jammer. So let's probably talk about the void jammer first and then Talk about what the Zeit Geist Zeitgeist does. Mm -hmm. Geist skull. Uh, yeah, cool. yeah. So the Void Jammer. Um, 
for the most part, has the same loadout as a regular dude, but he also has the capability to blow up the skull, um, which is cool. <laughs> I mean, you get to like have this floating mine that goes around, um, but the mine does other stuff too. Uh, your guy's skull does other things. So by itself, like the um, like the cat, it can't charge, it can't fight, it can't shoot, it doesn't have any of that. Um, it can, instead of moving, just push itself in a straight line as far as it wants. Um, it, it has to pick like, a, what does it say? It has to... Piece of terrain. Piece of terrain, yeah. I wasn't sure mm-hmm. if it was ground or terrain. You just kind of like zip it across again, kind of like your uh, commando grat. Um, yeah. But then the void jammer, uh, the controller, gets to blow it up and make a... It's like a las gun shooting attack. It's damage 2-3, um, but it also... With- Lethal, yeah. Yeah, but with lethal according to the opponent's save, so it hits heavier armored things better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's silent, so you can make it wall and conceal. You can just kind of... I don't... I'm curious to see if you, like, throw up your skull and then just blow it up at the earliest opportunity, or if you're going to kind of, like, keep it around as a zoning tool. Uh, Ace, have you found... You said you've played a, a couple of games yep. so far. Have you found that it's kind of a zoning tool, or do you just try to get some alpha strike damage with it? Well, you can do... Uh, if your opponent um, don't uh, get aware of it, you can use it, and you are going to do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. But if your opponent get to know the faction, he's going to um, sparse a little the, the operatives. Uh, but then you use, a, you use him like a support operative. Like, you use him to uh, take down some APL here and there. And when you want, you just go up there with eight APL or using the style line. Do you know that the school fly? That's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And you can explode, uh, maybe uh, take one APL down with your first activation and then explode it with the um, breach and clear. So yeah, don't if if your opponent don't make a mistake, try to don't blow blow it out on the first turn. Hmm. Because it's one operative. It's something that you don't want to exchange for only one of the enemy operatives. Because when you blow it, that's it. You are not going to get any more agency from for that operative. Mm-hmm. So yeah, try to at least hit three, four units. Or uh, use it uh, a little bit early and then explode it on the turn two or three. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't mention it when I was explaining, but you do have uh, the Void Jammer does have a uh, ability that says pick an enemy within six of a guy's skull and roll a dice on a three plus or a two plus if it's in line of sight of the skull. Um, you subtract one from that enemy operative's APL and minus APL abilities are great. So yep. yeah, there's there's a lot you can do with this guy. And I, I do think that he can fall back for one APL. Uh, the skull. Yeah, well, well, it can't. Oh yeah, it does fall back for a uh, one less action point to minimum of one so, AP. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so you can remove one APL from an, a scary unit mm-hmm. that you do, you want uh, you you don't you you know that is going to charge you, and even if he charges you and you get into engagement range, you can then um, fall back eight inches and explode. <laughs> so that's pretty funny and pretty good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right on. Well, let's jump to our Grenadier. Every kill team has a Grenadier. 
Why is this one so good? Um, okay, do you want to start, Zach? No, you can go ahead on this one. Okay. Um, he's a grenadier. Uh, he get, uh, he has two of each grenades, which is good. Two cracks and two frags. And he get one special uh, grenade, which is like a mix of the crack and the frag. Uh, because it gets blast, blast two. And it gets um, damage for six with AP1. So that's a, a really good grenade. But it, it only has like four inches of, of range. So that's a, the biggest blast grenade, I think. Well, you have the dynamite, mm -hmm. more or less. Yeah, but more. But, but with only using one EPL, I think is the biggest one. So yeah, that's a really, really big as good grenade. So try to use it uh, as much as you can. And yeah, it's a grenadier. It's a really good uh, model. Always use it. Always get in the in the kill team. Why not? Yeah. And yeah. he also have a shotgun, even if you want, if you need to use it. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all know how good grenadiers are. So good that uh, they had to nerf grenades in general. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. So, so yep, having a grenadier on your team is just everything you want. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's jump to gunners then. So you can take two gunners in your kill team, and uh, based on our previous conversations. Um, I feel like, Ace, you've always told me plasma guns are good and melta guns are good. Mm -hmm. Is that the two that you're going for here with the na uh, the Navis gunner? Well, against elites for sure. But sometimes you do want the the long range. You're going to take the plasma every time. Mm -hmm. But the long range, uh, you might uh, need to take the heavy last volley gun. Mm -hmm. only, only because uh, it, it it is a good weapon. Uh, to kill Horde, Hordes, and you don't need that much of APL, and you get to you get range, which is pretty good, and you because you have a lot of um, short combat weapons, like uh, really uh, close combat weapons, having a extra long support really helps you. So yeah, it going to depends. Plasma always, the other two maybe. Zach, do you do you agree to this uh, line of thinking? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it, if we're if we're talking into the dark because this comes in this box, and that's what we're talking about. It, you're probably always just going to do Melta. I mean, I doubt you're shooting more than six inches in most of the maps anyway. Um, but once you get onto the open field, if you're taking these guys to Octarius terrain or something, yeah, I agree. You might consider the Laz Volley. It's equivalent to like a. What's it? What's it kind of equivalent to? It's kind of equivalent to the hotshot mm. Laz volley. Uh, the heavy, the heavy stubber. The heavy stubber. It's yeah. It's pretty. Actually, I think it is very close to the heavy stubber. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks pretty cool. It looks kind of like a heavy stubber too. Yeah, it's it's not a bad bad gun by any means. I'm fusillade and relentless. Good keywords to have. Um, but just melted gun, plasma gun are so good. It's hard to compete with that. Mm. Yeah. I think both both have useful, yeah, at the right moments. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm definitely going Meltagun, just because like mm -hmm. everyone here, everyone here plays Chaos Space Marines. <laughs> oh yeah, they're It'll they're going to come towards you anyway. Yeah. yeah, I might just magnetize it, so oh, yeah, you can sure. go for either or. But uh, anywho, let's go to our hatch cutter, which you know I will have to criticize on the miniatures here. If you're going to be like in the void, and you're not sure if there's oxygen or not, I don't know why you'd expose the top part of your head to the to space, the vacuum of space, but oh yeah, 
It's Warhammer. Because it's cool. Yeah. 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 Always wear a helmet. It saves <laughs> lives. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Hatchcutter, Zach, what, do you th- what are your thoughts here? Um, there's a few things. This really has a lot of interaction with Into the Breach specifically. Um, though I suppose you can use it on regular train as well. The, I think the big one here, so it has hatch cutter, which is to say that um, you're easier at opening doors uh, than any, everybody else. Sure, makes sense. Um, the big one that jumps out to me is breach point. Uh, this works a little bit like your, just because I play them, um, worm blade have, uh, yep. an ability to move through walls. I think it's something shadow. Um, I think it's breathing ingress, writhing ingress. Yes, you're right. Yep. Um, writhing ingress, which allows you to like put a hole in a wall that only worm blade could use. This is kind of the same thing where hmm. you walk up yep. to a wall and cut a hole in it. And then your buddies can walk through that wall as if there was a door. Um, it's, I think that's really powerful with breach and clear just because you can yes. like walk up to a wall, cut through it. Your melt gun goes through and just nu- nukes a guy. Uh, that's really powerful. You can cut a wall and send your shield guy through it to like sit on a point and be unkillable. Th- there's a lot you can do with it. Um, and it really changes the frame of the terrain because you're one of the few factions that can ignore walls in this setting. So, yeah, I, I, other than that, he's kind of unimpressive. I mean, yeah, you have a chain fist, which is damage five, six brutal, and you have all the, you know, rerolls and stuff and auto hits that you get that we've talked about before, which is great. He's got a pistol that kind of sucks. Um, mm. But I think the utility you get from cutting walls is much more interesting than uh, either his combat or his shooting. Yeah, good summary. Ace, anything else to add? I completely, I completely agree. Yeah, he's pretty good. The ability to cut walls, I think it's good on open field, but in into the in into the dark, it's going to be brilliant. Like the real MVP. This this is going to be this guy. Like really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can also stop like hatches as well with the sh- yeah. like he can weld them shut, which is pretty cool. So, um, cool. Well, that's the summary of all the fighters. Um, equipment. This is very interesting. So we've got Fragonade. We all know what that does. We got Krakenade. Mm-hmm. Um, rebreathers um, essentially allow them to ignore any or all modifiers mm-hmm. to the operative's APL, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool. Um, stun grenade. I think we other warbands or kill teams have stun grenades, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah, similar, so, at least. Something similar, at least. So we don't have to get the details there. Um, I guess we can talk about load shotgun and slugs. Mm-hmm. You guys want to talk about those? <laughs> Uh, I think that's a pity. Like, it was a really good opportunity to make an interesting equipment, but they missed the shot. If you yeah. <laughs> allow me, it, it's so for people listening who may not have the book in front of them. Um, so your shotguns have we've talked about their short range profile. They also have a long range profile, which mm-hmm. is uh damage one two, but it doesn't have the range <laughs> restriction, which is terrible. All slugs do is turn into damage 2-3. It turns you into a las gun, but then yep. you can't use the close range profile. Yes. It's just bad. Like they, they I will and you have to spend one APL to change the the cartridge. So that's just bad. Like you're not going to use this like ever. So it's a pity. Like I, I do think it will be a really awesome uh, equipment. 
like you can imagine these guys changing changing the um, the cells in the middle of the battle and that would be awesome but with these uh, restrictions and not really that much of a buff of a buff sorry uh it's just overwhelming so you're not getting to use this like ever I think there might be a slight use for it in overworld maps, open field maps, where mm -hmm. you do have longer line of sights and maybe damage 2-3 is worth considering. But getting a, like you're not excited about a las gun, right? You're not no. excited about no. having a damage 2 weapon, uh, especially since it's only hitting on 4s. Um, nope. So, Just yeah. Nope. It's, it, like, yeah, I agree it's a cool idea, um, but I think it's a little underdeveloped. Yeah, probably was too strong in playtesting. I would imagine so, yeah. Yeah. Um, the last one I want to talk about... So actually, Ace, let me ask this. Is there ever a world in which you would increase an operative's wound characteristic by one? Always. By taking a stand? Always? Always. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it really synergizes really well with your tactical ploy of having one less damage. It it turns mm. you like really, really beef operatives. You have and is this like, going on your leader? Yeah, and on your shield and on everybody. Like, you get a steam. You get a steam. Like, 10 points, a steam. All steams. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Because you don't have you don't have anything better. So, just take 10 steams and you are good to go. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, you can hand out grenades. Grenades are fine. But you can, you can take it because you have the grenadier. Yeah, you already have the grenadier. So, oh, does the grenadier mean you can't take equipment grenades? Yep. With the new yep. thing. Oh. Yep. Well, then, yeah. Never mind. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Ten stims. Yeah, you're just taking ten stims every single time. What about system override device? I mean, that's pretty cool, yeah, right? You good, can open good. up a hatchway. That's good too. Yeah. Sorry, I, I was thinking on open field. Yeah, you can get eight stims and this and this. Eight thing. stims. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maximum this number of stims. Well, stims yeah. everywhere. Well, to be fair, you can't put stims on the robot, so you're only taking nine anyway. So. Uh, yeah. Yep, yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so with that one point, you can go for a rebreather or something. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so look, we've talked about the kill team as a whole pretty uh, pretty in-depth, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you can take 11 Imperial Breachers. Ace, you've mentioned that you've been playing some little practice games to kind of figure out what's going on here. Mm -hmm. How are you building the team? Uh, well, I take everything. Um, I have been using the... Um, all of them and one normal guy. I have been messing with their robots. And as I said before, there is going to be matches that you are not going to take them, but some other that you are going to use it. So that's cool. That's pretty good. So I'm just, I don't know. I'm going to buy all of them and then half a, half a box with my brother. I'm going to split a box with my brother to have all the options available. So you're going, so you're, you're playing Imperial Navy breachers. Yeah. Yeah. So you you already decided. Yep. Yeah, it's it's going to happen. Like I, I usually play uh, everything new for some period of time, and I, I really like the human like faction. So yeah, please give me this, give <laughs> me this, um, this thing. Yeah. Yeah. So are you playing them because you think they're good, or just because they you think they look cool? Both, both of them, both of them. Always, uh, always the both. right answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah, they look, I mean, the miniatures are fantastic. And so I uh, look forward to seeing what you do with them. But look, everyone, this is why you should listen to Path of Glory. You can figure out what Ace is playing. We got the scoop. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so. good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about the Far Soccer Kinvan kill team. Mm -hmm. Now, this is another very cool looking kill team. Yep. 
And so you can take, um, for operatives, you take your Crute Kill Broker, um, and you can equip them with whatever you'd like. Um, you can take 10 Far, uh, far Soccer Kinbin operatives selected from a list. Your kill team can include up to two Crute Hounds. And other than Crute Warrior and Crute Hound operatives, your kill team can only include one of each operative earlier mentioned above. Um, and then they also have a very common ability called Rogue. Each time a shooting attack is made against this operative in the roll defense dice step of the shooting action, before rolling your defense dice, if it is in cover, you can do one of the following. You can retain one additional dice as a successful normal save as a result of cover, or you can retain one dice as a successful critical save instead of a normal save as a result of cover. Um, Zach, since Ace has already decided that he's team Imperial Navy mm-hmm. Breachers, we're going to have you take the lead on this this rules here. What do you think about the far stalker, the far stalker mm-hmm. kill team uh, and that cool rogue ability? Um, rogue is nice. Uh, I mean, cover is already really good. We've talked about um, uh, barricades being very important in this, like hugging walls being very important. Um, there is some line of sight blocking stuff like broken pipes and things. Uh, and this is just going to make you better. I mean, it's, they're they're basically a stealthy kind of sneaky warband. Uh, not quite as you know much as uh, commandos who get just just get to be in cover all the time or in conceal all the time and then charge out of conceal. But um, anytime you're hugging terrain or sitting behind a barricade or something, rogue is going to come in clutch. Uh, double double uh, defenses free is great. A crit defense free is great. Uh, you get to decide after your opponent rolls the dice, so that's great. I mean, you, you can't say anything bad about it. Um, as far as the team goes, um, you're going to be able to build everything out of the box except just regular warriors, uh, and we'll talk about regular warriors down the line. I don't think you really are going to miss them. I think you're just always going to go for the specialists, personally. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I like this warband. The if you compare this to Octarius when it came out, uh, you know, keep making the um, the vet guard and commando uh, comparisons here. But you know, this is they're very much like commandos in that their faction ability is simple. It's one thing. You know, it, it doesn't have the complexity of uh, breach and clear. It doesn't have like the flexibility of it. But it's simple and it's straightforward. And I think they're going to be really good because of that. Oh, by the way, if you since you saw us the uh, commando leader, mm-hmm. um, um, commando are going to be S tier on oh. close confine. Oh, yeah. yes, they will. They're going to be so good in Into the Breach. On the Into the Dark. Yeah, yeah. I love that because they're the only kill team I have painted and magnetized. So <laughs> I'm ready. The uh, are you going to use the Grot in Into the Dark? Maybe sometimes mm. I don't know. <laughs> your your regular guys are so good in close yeah. confines, though. I mean, you you might, but like, yeah, look, yeah. Oh, you you went with the axe. I went with the claw leader. Hmm. Oh, definitely axe leader. Yep. Yeah, the axe. Anywho, cool. that is pretty good. So yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Ace, any comments? Sorry, I sidetracked everyone by you mentioned <laughs> orcs, so I grabbed my orc out of the the cabinet. But what are your thoughts on? What Zach said. Anything he missed? Anything you disagree no, with? I completely agree with these guys. Yeah. I, I, I do think 
The problem with these guys is like they don't feel like the order. The, the order, sorry, they should be. They are competent, but not good at anything. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I do need more testing with this, but I think they are a little bit uh, undertuned. That's you possible. Can even, yeah. That's possible. Yeah, you can even add two bodies, two more bodies, two more crude normal guys into the mix, and still being just fine. You know. Mm-hmm. But I do think they, they, they are lacking something. I don't know what it is. I'm not a designer, but they are lacking something, yeah. Yeah, sometimes, you know, from what I've... You know, I have a couple of friends in game design, and, and mm-hmm. I speak to some of the people um, at GW every once in a while, and it, it, it oftentimes, like, you just have to meet deadlines. Yeah. And so True. sometimes if feedback or internal or external can be... Um, really aggressive and changes need to be made and you agree that those changes do need to be made then sometimes you kind of have to make like a a gut call and then sometimes it doesn't get tested enough as it should because you have to hit deadlines i mean gw look dude they pump out stuff every week like (laughs) full-blown releases every two weeks you know like website changes and everything so they got to hit some deadlines and, and they've already announced three more boxes so Sometimes you, you, you have swings and you hit like the breachers and sometimes you may miss. That being said, this is just on paper, you know, like we'll, let's Ooh, yeah. see what people can do with them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, hot takes are hot takes for a reason, right? And so, yeah. um, they might be a little undertuned initially, maybe but, conceptually, but yeah. we'll see but, but, how they uh, perform. Uh, as I always say, you can win a tournament with them. Like, no problem. Yeah. yeah. I, You're a good player. I especially think any, you know, this is true of any of the bespoke or specialist faction, yes. whatever you want to call them. Like, even the bad ones are good enough to win events. They're all pretty close yes. in power level. Um, yes. <laughs> can't say the same thing for uh, compendium teams, but. Uh, yep. Yeah. But that's. I don't know well, what. Well, ho- hopefully sorry, they I, get updated in the annual. I, I don't know what compendium is. Sorry. Oh, compendium uh, is. The, those are the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're. Yeah, we'll just walk past that. Yeah, that's fine. He's yeah, making I, a joke, I'm yeah. Just, yeah, I'm making a joke. Oh, Sorry, okay. it was being... it was really bad. Like, uh, pff, we don't. I don't know. I I, I, I face like Tyrannids on the Compendium, and I uh, pff, I cannot recall what they do. Like, it was like out of my mind. Like, what what the hell these guys do? Yeah, hopefully hopefully they get they get renew all these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, I'm sure. You know, Games Workshop loves selling books, so we get the annual. I'm sure in a couple months we'll get Compendium 2.0. Oh, don't say yeah. it. Mm. So, um, hopefully they send me that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about their tech ops. So we've got Butcher, Bounty Hunters, Balance the Books, and Confirm Hit. Now, it's really funny. I'm looking at my notes here, mm-hmm. and I already I had a feeling that Zach was going to love the Crute. And Ace was going to go for the Breacher. So I literally have Ace take the lead, Zach take the lead in my notes. Because <laughs> I had a feeling. So Zach, in the spirit of that, um, talk about. tell me about Attack Op from the four that's your favorite and why. Well, I think first we can say that these guys have Recon and Seek and Destroy as their baseline mm-hmm. arc. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So Seek and Destroy is good for all the reasons that we already said. Um Recon is also pretty good, though it did lose. Mm-hmm. It lost Vantage, but Triangulate is still like one of the best ones in the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because, uh, especially if you have these factions that have a lot of dudes and you can just hit multiple edges very easily. Um, but for their faction tack ops, um, they've got 
uh, Butcher, Balance the Books, and Bounty Hunters, as you said. I kind of like Balance the Books. So this one is, if you score maximum victory points from another TAC Ops, and no more than half your, op- half your operatives can be have been incapacitated, when you do so, you score a VP, and then another VP if you do it again. Um, the half your operatives have not been taken out of action. Like, that's a little bit rough with how squishy your guys are. You are only a five-up save faction. But just scoring VP for scoring VP, like, you get two from one of your attack ops, and then you get another one from this. It's just like a compounding card. Um, if you are taking triangulate, which you can score without ever interacting with your opponent, if you are taking... Um, uh, I, I kind of like Mark Target when I play Recon, but, you know, we talked about uh, Seek and Destroy, uh, some of these killing ones where you're just trying to specifically kill a type of enemy or a certain number mm-hmm. of enemies, and then you're just getting extra VP on top of that. Like, you can snowball really, really fast and just get VP before your opponent can do anything about it. So I like that one. Um, Ace, which one's which one of the other ones do you like? Um, I like the... Um... Butcher, is Butcher the name? Uh, Butcher, yeah. Butcher, yeah. That's the one for the meat. Yeah, yeah. I love I love this one not only for for the fluff perspective, um, but because I think it might be possible to score it. The good thing about this tactic is uh, you if if you get if you get to kill an enemy, then that enemy drop a meat token. The good thing um, is that you only need to control that tokens at the end of the game, and you can carry it. And your dogs can carry it for free, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. That's I think that's that's doable. Um, th- this tactic is really close, really similar to the Corsairs one. But the, the, the Corsairs, the problem with them is that they need to ha- uh, carry that uh, gems with them at the end of the battle. And in here, you only need to control it. And that, uh, that's a huge uh, step uh, to have the, a good tactic. So, because you only need to control the um, that little tokens, and that's really good. I don't know. I think it's doable. They are not good. They are not as good as the Breachers one, I think. Mm-hmm. But they are doable, and that's enough for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do like the meat tokens as well. Uh, it, they're, it's interesting because... Um, how often do you think you're going to get double VP off this? Controlling oh, yeah. half of it... Uh, or ha- you have to control half as many meat tokens as there were enemy fighters to start. So first you have to half wipe out the enemy team and then control those meat tokens. Do you think mm-hmm. that's really doable? I think it's doable against elite teams. Mm, sure. Against legionary or something like that, that they are going to get close and personal. That's doable. Mm-hmm. Maybe. The new assault intercessors, that kind of things. I think that's doable. But yeah, not not most of the times. Like not against Tau, not against Guard, not against I don't know. Maybe against Novitiates. Maybe against Midrange, you can maybe do this. Sure, if they're like ten know. dudes, yeah, I could see yes. that. But yeah. but fourteen is like fourteen is nope. kind of pushing it. Yeah, yeah. But like you said, I agree with your assessment. I don't think they're as good as the Breachers tech ops, but nope. they're nope. they're scoreable. Yeah, that's doable. Yeah, that's enough. Right on. I really appreciate the the, co- the commentary there. Um, I don't play Kill Team as much as the both of you, so as someone who's just been wanting to play more but doesn't, <laughs> I've been really appreciating the conversation. So yeah. um, I hope our listeners are experiencing the same thing. Um, let's talk about strategic ploys. So, Zach, again, I'll give you the 
um, the priority here um, from cutthroat, far stock, prey, and bound. Which one do you think is worth discussing? I think they all have situational uses. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe bound less well. Maybe bound less than others. Bound is one that uh, you ignore. First circle, uh, they travel each time they climb, drop, or traverse. Um, this is probably going to be more useful in overworld or open world maps. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I really like far stock. Uh, so this is a strategic ploy. Immediately change the order of up to three friendly operatives that are more than square, uh, more than three inches from enemy operatives. This. It's not always going to be useful because sometimes you're just going to be fine with your orders and you don't want to use the CP for that. But like you can absolutely bait your opponent into a bad setup and then just be like, oh, you know, I deployed all my guys in cover. You can <laughs> kind of like do your thing and then just be like, surprise, three of them can shoot this turn. Like I, mm-hmm. that, that can happen. Um, you can also like set up in a way where maybe your opponent's ready to take advantage of your positioning. So you're like end of turn two, you're in a bad position and then you just like switch everybody into cover. And now you're not in a bad position anymore. Like it, it's useful in the, in the edge cases where it's going to be useful. It's going to be really, really, really useful. Right. And then there's just going to be times that you don't use fire stock. So um, I think they're, they're going to be harder to use maybe than the uh, breacher ones, because those breacher ones are just like, get free dice, get free hits, like, you know, reduce damage. Like that's much more straightforward. And these are a little bit more tricky. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I completely agree. Um, right on. Ace, my, what about you? Which one's your favorite? Favorite? I think, I will think that if you are going to success with this team, mm-hmm. you need cuts roads to get your crews, your normal crews to have four, four attacks. Because uh, as I said before, they are competent in melee and, and in, in in shooting mm-hmm. they have three attacks damaging three four with their with both of the weapons that's not bad that's not either good but if you have one more attack then you are not too bad i think and in in the same line with this you can have the the prey so your shooting weapons gets balance but they get heavy which is bad but I do think you need this reroll to be effective. I don't know what you think, Zach. I, I agree. I think those are the more generically good ones. They they feel less swingy than maybe the other two. Um, mm. I think Prey is... I don't know. Maybe once you're kind of in a good position, like maybe turn mm. three or four, and you're just like, hey, I'm already where I need to be. I'm just going to pop Prey so I get these rerolls, and all I need to do is dash because I don't need the full movement speed. Um, mm-hmm. then prey is probably a little bit better. Um, I think early on, it's not going to be good just because having heavy on all your weapons kind of sucks. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you, you can decide to not using it, but yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah. Roger that. Okay. Well, let's jump to tactical ploys here. Mercenary contract, slip away, poach and vengeance for the kin band ace. Which one is something that catches I- your eye? <laughs> I really like a mercenary contract because it because it allows you to take uh, one tackle from the other uh, deck, and that's just good because you can just add a really good tackle into your uh, standard deck. I don't know, it's funny, it's good. Mm-hmm. I, I find it funny. I find it like it's going to be useful sometimes. Yeah, 
Yeah, I like Slip Away. Um, it's, Ooh, yeah. it's, again, situational. This is perform a fallback action for one less AP. Um, there are going to be times where you just need to position better and you need to like, fall back move or like fall back shoot or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those situations, like, yeah, being able to do that for one less AP, like actually make that second action is going to be really powerful. It's effectively, if you're going to make a fallback action, it's like giving yourself an extra APL. Um, I don't know. I mean, it again, it's it, a little bit like Bound and Farstock. It's going to be, you're not going to use it a lot of games. And then some games you're going to use it and it's going to absolutely win you the game off the back yeah. of one activation. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got Poach. Um, you choose a fighter that's being activated until the end of the activation. Uh, they they only need to be within the required range of the objective marker to perform mission actions in the pickup action. Uh, in addition, they can do so all within the engagement range of the enemy. Um, I mean, yeah, it's cool. You can sneak through and pick stuff up from the enemy without controlling it. Um, you know, uh, they, there's a lot of times where you're going to be fighting very closely with the opponent to, like, control objective markers and do things like access terminals and stuff like that, push buttons. Uh, so that one is probably going to be come up a little bit more often for your team. Um, and it's going to st- just sneak stuff out from underneath your opponent when they least expect it. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 a pretty good one as well. Yeah. I think it's going to be really good in in the as you said in the pressing buttons missions like domination or I don't know mm-hmm. loot and sabotage. I think that's pretty pretty good. So yeah, something to have in in consideration. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Cool. Well, let's talk about our miniatures. Mm-hmm. And let's start with our leader. This is the Crude Kill Broker. Um, they've got some really cool abilities here. So. Call the kill once in each strategy phase when it's your turn to use a strategic ploy or pass. You can select one enemy operative visible to this operative instead. Until the end of the turning point, each time a friendly fighter from your your kill team fights in combat with or makes a shooting attack against that specific enemy operative you chose in the roll attack dice step of that combat or shooting, um, you can retain one attack as a successful normal hit without rolling it before rolling the attack dice. Mm-hmm. Yep. What do you think about Call the kill, Zach. I mean, it's good. You've got a lot of... You actually have a good number of, like, decent shooters in this list. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I not maybe as devastating as a, a plasma gun or a melt-a-gun, but um, just getting free hits, especially when a lot of the BS here is four, uh, 3 plus, 4 plus. You don't have a lot of 2 plus. You don't have a lot of things that are, like, free hits um, or rerolls otherwise. So uh, just getting guaranteed hits is is not i mean it's guaranteed hits are always good uh mm-hmm. might just be better in some factions than others but here it's it's guaranteed hits so yeah it's good yeah anything to add ace nope about the kill broker no I'll, I'll okay. always take rerolls so always take a guaranteed hits mm-hmm. yeah yeah they're good i like it all right so this is probably the miniature that everyone's talked about the most this is the crude bow hunter Hmm. Um, really interesting thing about this guy is, um, in the art, there's like a, a Void's Breachman who like got shot in the faceplate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so I've seen a ton of memes on it. I'm assuming the bow hunter is the guy who shot that guards, that Voidsman. <laughs> yep. And so, you know, like in, um, Skyrim, 
It's like, I used to be an adventurer until yep. I took an arrow yep. to the knee. Yeah. So I've seen this meme where it's like, I used to be a voidsman until I took an arrow to my yeah. face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ace, why don't we talk about this very famous miniature already? Uh, <laughs> I think it's an awesome miniature. Yeah. It is really versatile because you can shoot with silent. That's pre pretty good. And if not, you can shoot with a stun or with a AP1. These three um, it's, arrows... It's actually not stun. It's splash too. So it's AOE mortal oh, it's wounds. Splash. Yeah. Sorry, I, I was mistaken with the venom or poison um, arrow. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's splash two. It's splash two, yeah. So the three are good. The three are situational. Uh, you should be able... You should try to... At least on the first turns, try to shoot with a silent weapon so you don't get a... You are not uh, you are not taking fire back. That's good. You also got this tactic that you can go back to conceal. So maybe you can use the AP1 and then go back to conceal on the next turn. I don't know. Mm -hmm. mm, but yeah, I think it's a really versatile model and a really good model overall. So yeah. Yeah, they it he does have a um one AP ability to gain yep. lethal five plus, which does uh it, it does combo with your splash too, so there's the chance that maybe if you are in a good position, you just pop energize, you shoot, you try to get a couple crits out of it, you know, deal two, maybe four mortal wounds in a little bubble. Um and then yeah, like you said, good. maybe use the strategic to switch back to cover later on. So um yeah, I, I like the versatility. I mean, unlike the shotgun shells that we talked about in the equipment, uh, you don't need to take an action to switch to which type of arrows he's using. Hmm. So that gives yep. him a lot of choices. I, I haven't thought of the Lethal 5 and the Splash. So, yeah, thank you. You always learn. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a really good combo. Yeah. So, yeah, you always learn. Yeah, absolutely. The, the master may have become the student here. <laughs> I love that. Um, cool. Yeah, I uh, Zach, I, I can tell you put a lot of thought on these guys. It's really nice. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about our cold blood here. Um, it looks like they're like the veterans of the group. Yep. Um, they come with a hardy and well stocked rule. Zach, tell me about cold bloods. Are you a cold blood? Uh, I am cold blooded, man. Uh, well, <laughs> they, these guys also do have nine wounds, like the leader, so uh, a little bit tougher. Um, and. Uh, Hardy is when you uh, fight in combat or shooting attack is made against it. Um, each time a dice would inflict critical damage, you can choose to take normal damage instead. I mean, knocking down crit damage to normal damage, it's not always huge because most uh, attacks are like one damage up. So it's like two, three or three, four or four, five. But anytime you can negate some damage is good. And anytime you can yeah. negate damage without rolling dice, like, uh, disgustingly resilient is really, really good because it just completely negates mm -hmm. wounds, but you have to roll a dice for it. Hardy just reduces damage unless your opponent rolls no crits, in which case, you know, kind of whatever. Um, it doesn't negate uh, critical effects, but it does keep you alive a little bit longer. Hmm. Um, and then he's got well-stocked, which basically gives him um, their kind of equivalent of grenades um their special ammunition he gets for free but because it's not grenades as uh, set up by the data slate it doesn't prevent your other fighters from also taking those equipment later on mm -hmm. um and actually the toxin shot and the piercing shots are both pretty okay especially when you get them for free and you don't have to spend uh equipment yep. points on them 
So I think he's nice. I mean, he's not going to like blow anybody out of the water in his effectiveness, but like he's going to stick around. He's going to be on objectives. He's going to use his special ammunition. Yeah. He have some interesting breaking points because he have like nine goons. Mm -hmm. So, and, and he doesn't get hit by critical hits. So the power weapon doesn't kill, doesn't kill him. That's true, so that's actually. Good. Yeah, I hadn't yeah. thought about that. So power weapon like uh, Roostalker weapons, for example, or there's a lot of weapons like 4-6, 4-7, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they just broke the maths with him. So that's pretty good. He's going to be a really good in, in combat, in melee combat. Yeah, Yeah, I think you're going to put him up front. Like You don't have like a super tough fighter. You don't have a shield dude like the Breachers have, mm -hmm. but... This guy is going to be probably the one you go throw on a forward objective to stay alive. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Yep. He's got ice in his veins. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, well, let's talk about another fighter that might be playing up front. And this is the Cutskin. So, very interesting names here. Yeah. Um, this guy likes to fight people up and close. So, Ace, what do you think about him and his vicious duelist abilities? Hmm. I think he's pretty good, the the cat skin. Um he can he's especially good against all the all the dudes because every time he uh, attacks someone, uh, if the enemy discard any one one die, for each die, sorry, uh, he gets one mortal gun. So if you are hitting on fives, then it's pretty difficult that you get to retain more than one. So then you discard two and get two mortal guns. And that's pretty good. And it combos really well with his uh, Savage Assault, which uh, allows him to perform another another fight action against the same operative if he's alive and the other operative is alive. So he's pretty good taking down um, big, tough operatives. Mm -hmm. Or at least medium-range operatives. Like, with 3-4, four, 4 attacks, balance, and lethal, well, you are going to kill people really good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure you punch through like you know a, a specifically really good melee combatant like um nope. like some of the legionary ones, but I, any any just dude with a gun, I think you just kill right. Like he he's pretty yeah, good at I, that. Even any power like uh, mid range weapons, mm -hmm. you might be able to cut to cut through them. Maybe I don't know. Maybe. I have to do the math, but yeah, you should be. You should be able. Yeah, For... because you you can go to the path of the parry, parry the hit of the enemy, and make some damage, and then attack again, and just kill uh, the remaining goons. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah, four dice hitting on threes with balanced and getting uh, the extra dice on vicious duelist. Like, yeah, I mean, you'll chip things down. You'll probably die. You're not going to survive, but um, nope. you'll. Tra I think he'll trade effectively more yeah. often than not. For sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, like, you know, you know, he's going to take out some dudes, so you got to prepare for it. And if an enemy, you know, is taking out an operative, like maybe one that can take him out in combat. Then it might be diverting him from the rest of your forces. So um, I like the application there, but I also just like how um, he's not too strong, mm -hmm. but can guarantee some quick kills if you position it right. So um, let's talk about a crew that I don't think I'd ever think I'd see a miniature for, but a crew heavy gunner. <laughs> Very exciting. Um, it's got some really cool weapons here. And obviously, because it's a heavy weapon, it's cumbersome. Zach, what do you think about 
Mr. Big Man over here. Cumbersome is a weird ability. So Cumbersome is an operative cannot move more than three circle uh, in the same activation that they shoot. All it does is really prevent you from doing a move dash if you gain extra APL, uh, which is weird. I don't know how often that's going to come up, but cool. Um, So it's got a close range and a long range shot. The close range shot has torrent um, and it's AP2, but it's also only Mm -hmm. range... uh, range six inches um it's kind of like a better flamer in a way because it's six dice a two up and then it's damage two three so you can sort of compare it to the novitiate's flamer in a way Mm -hmm. um which is good i mean the novitiate's flamer kicks ass and it's awesome um so that's a good one and then the long range one is damage four four with rending um and ap1 I think it's a good gun. It's not like standout good in the same way that like, you know, some of the vet guard guns, uh, gunners are really good. Or mm-hmm. uh, even some of like the worm blade gunners are really good. Uh, it doesn't stand out in that capacity, but you know, there will be times where you just run up and use the sh- short range and you just chew through somebody because it's AP two uh, with hitting on two plus and like, you'll just chew down somebody's wounds and then it's torrent. So if they group up, you're just going to get massive damage out of it. Um, I think it's like, it, like everything else in this warband. I think Ace, you said it best at the start of this. It's like, they're all good. None of it is great. None of it's like, Oh my gosh, this is the best thing I've ever mm-hmm. seen. But like, you look at this and you're like, Oh, this is good. I can't wait to put this on the table because it's, it's solid. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the cumbersome, uh, it's like having a heavy weapon with a suspensor, if you think about it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and you can cha- you can charge, which makes it interesting. You can charge with... Oh, that's actually nice. Because uh, if you do get an extra APL, you can fight or you can just tie up. Yes. Uh, now, you do have to choose between these guns. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think the long range or the short range is better to have? Uh, I think the sword range is better against hordes, like, mm-hmm. and then the long range. But maybe that's difficult since it has torrent most of the time, and and it's damage two two. Mm-hmm. If I don't recall, uh, it two three, well. two three. Okay, yeah. I think that weapon is going to be really good into legionary, for example. Yeah, that's actually true because they're going to come at you and they're going to be kind of clumped up a little bit. So you're going to get some value out of that torrent, huh? Yeah, an AP two and lethal five, mm-hmm. which is good in the in close in sorry in into the dark. Oh yeah, so, because yeah, torrent, yeah. Yeah, so I think it both of the weapons have room mm-hmm. and they're going to be good and they're going to be important and situational, which is good. Uh, having gunners that are going to be used is pretty good, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I, I think the last thing I'll say is that much like cut skin, this is not one I expect to like kill and survive. I think both mm-hmm. of these fighters, you want to just trade effectively. You're going to go in, deal damage, try to take down one and a half fighters, and then die. Um, yeah. And that's good. Like, I mean, that's a good way to play a kill team, I think. Yeah, I agree. The, the only problem with that is that, like you need more bodies for to, to doing that. Maybe. Yeah, they are a 11 model kill team, which isn't mm. super high. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see how it plays out. 
As an Underworlds player, I'm like, 11 is so much. <laughs> but it matters not. No, not even a little bit. Well, um, let's jump to um, our crude hounds here. Zach, you love the term mooks. I yep. think these could be considered mooks here. Yep. Um, Ace, what do you think about these really fast and nimble, but incredibly loyal, ferocious hounds? Uh, <laughs> they are pretty good. Like, they are, um, they can move eight, which is a lot like really 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 long distance so they they can charge 10 inches which is uh half of the map which is pretty good um and they can do um they can take your meat tokens for free while they are moving and they have four attacks three four with rending so they are good at taking down horde horde guys but they feel a little bit underwhelming against elite teams maybe so yeah, they are, they are good. They are good. Having a long-range threat distance guy is always good. So why not? But they cannot perform mission actions, I think. So that's bad. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is one of the reasons that you would take the... Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The Butcher uh, tack up all the time. Yeah. Because, like you said, they get that move and you get to pick up this stuff for free. Um I don't know. Their combat's okay. Four dice, three up, damage three, four with rending. It's not yeah. bad. It's, it's good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, just falls into the the good but not great category. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's a fighter that I think is going to be pretty great. The Crute Longsight. He's your sniper of the group. Yeah. Zach, tell me about Mr. Sniper over here. Um, he does kind of fall in with other snipers that we've seen in the game where... Your gun is damage 3-3, three, three, heavy, and then crits for mortal wound 3. Um, that's kind of standard for a lot of snipers. I think some other snipers are BS2. He's only BS3, so a little bit of variety there. Uh, but if you stand still or if you use an APL and you get an, if you use an extra AP and you get an APL from somewhere else, whatever, uh, you gain lethal 5 plus and silent. So if you get the crew long sight to just sit down and stay somewhere... Uh, with a conceal order in cover, and he just gets to sit there and fire this lethal five up, uh, mortal wound three gun off. That's not bad. Um, you get to ignore obscured, which I'm not sure how much that's going to come up specifically in Into the Dark. Uh, obscured is a little bit iffy, um, mm-hmm. but just kind of having that capacity to have a silent weapon. Um, we all know how good silent guns are. Uh, especially in overworld uh, maps. I think it'll still be good in Into the Dark just because of uh, walls and barricades and stuff. Uh, You can just set up a barricade that this guy's going to hide behind the entire game. Um, You can also chill on guard. That's true, too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you can just long sight, go to guard, and then as soon as somebody comes around a corner, just shoot them with your your gun. That's also a possibility. So, yeah. yeah, it's cool. I think he's good. Yeah, I think he's one of the better ones on the team, honestly. Hmm. Hmm. Yep. What do you think, Ace? Ace, you're in agreement? Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I think it's, this is the only guy in your kill team that, that can consistently kill a model. Like, if he can shoot with the level 5+, plus, and maybe with balance, because he does, he, he, for he, he doesn't matter if he has... Because he has heavy, so it doesn't really matter if he has a, more heavy or not. Mm-hmm. So if you get to hit with four attacks on threes, little five, unbalanced, then this weapon is golden. Like, 
really really good so yeah and you get yeah, I think it's, and if you target the uh, the guy that your leader marked you get the free retain as well which you yeah. want to fish for crits but a free retain is nothing to sneeze at yeah yeah always good yeah yeah okay cool well we talked about long range let's talk about short range here we've got a crude pistolier um mm-hmm. he's kind of like our wild wild west he's you know dual slinging pistols um what do we think about him and his quick draw ability so this guy should be your last activation some most of the time the, in the first turn you are going to expend one AP, uh, one APL from the comms where the the bird guy and then you are going to move dash shoot someone in the face and on the next turn if you are lucky enough to get the initiative you are going to shoot again with the two weapons and then do a dash or something and then if someone gets near to you you are going to shoot again and that's huge like having you are, you are pulling a lot of shots because you can react if someone is trying to shoot you and you are in, in close combat and in range you can shoot before you can interrupt that activation and shoot him and that's good that's pretty good i mean yeah please uh, <laughs> come here um so yeah i think that the tactic with this guy is waiting him for the last activations and then pew pew with both of the of the guns that makes sense um yeah y- you just get a lot of dice. I mean, a lot of dice is good. And range six is, I mean, it's its good in Into the Dark. Um, yep. Maybe it's a little bit worse in open field maps. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think for purposes of what we're talking about with like Galadark and this next season, I think it's not even that much of a downside. Yep. Yeah. Right on. Okay. It's powering through. I feel like they have more fighters than the... Uh... Imperial Breachers. I think yeah. they do. We're almost uh, there, though. Yep. Yeah, we're almost there. Crude Stalkers. These guys are infiltrators and hunters. Um, they've got a very cool stalker ability. They can perform a charge action, even if it has a conceal order, which is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got a stealth attack. Ace, tell me about our stalker friend here. Um, he's like, an, as you said, he's like an or commando, because he can charge with um, in conceal, which is huge. That's really, really good. And if he charges... Uh, and he only used six inches of move. Then he can um, he get uh, to resolve two hits at the same time. So maybe you are just one shooting someone with six uh, with seven damage. Like you get a crit and a hit, and then that pathfinder that novitiate especially it's dead. So that's pretty good, and you are not going to receive anything of the of the damage. That's that's pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, I think he would be a little bit scarier if he had one more dice. If he was like a four attack dude, but yeah, because you have balance, it's kind of like having four attacks because uh, you get that reroll and, and and rending. And you are going to spend the CP for having four attacks. That's true too. Yeah, you're absolutely going to use it on the turn that this guy's going to go. Um, yep. Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, he's very straightforward, just a, a really consistent fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I looks agree. cool, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I like his Bane mask. Yeah. 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 Um, next one is the Crute Tracker. This is another big uh, miniature that's been a hit online. Um, they have a bird called a Pekra, which hails from Peck itself, which is where the Crute are from. Um and they've got some cool, unique actions called Mark for the Hunt and From the Eye Above. 
Zach, tell me about this tracker over here. Uh, so Mark from the Hunt and I above we saw on Warcom uh, a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So this basically allows you to uh, mark a target. Like you, you move a little token around the field, and then that token can mark enemy targets. Um, you also have uh, this guy also acts as your comms. Um, you can give out an APL. Or you could transfer an APL from him to another fighter. So he's a little bit like the surveyor from the breachers where uh, yeah. instead of having an actual model that goes around and does stuff, he's just got a little token that goes around and does stuff. Um, but it kind of fulfills the same sort of thing where you're going to be providing support, handing out your APL like a regular comms dude. Um, you know, other than that, he's just a dude with a gun. But like we said before, comms is comms and comms is basically always good because being able to force a or allow another fighter to, you know, dash charge fight instead of just charge fight or move dash charge uh, shoot or something like that, just get that extra APL is going to be good nine times out of ten. So, yeah, yeah. for that reason, you're going to take him in every single list. Hmm. Yeah, and I thought I like I was um, I was misled. I think that this guy wasn't that good. But I have been messing with him a little, and he's pretty good, especially in in Into the Dark, where the confinement, the combat is like really close, and you can use Pechora really well, and you can pair this guy with the bow and the sniper, mm-hmm. and then if someone is in in a point, you can uh, uh, he think he's safe, but then you can use Pechora and he's not, and you can shoot him, uh, and that's pretty good. Like you need these tools to be able to shoot without uh, retaliation. Retaliation. So yeah, uh, I, it's better than 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 it is in paper. That's my take. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially you just mentioned comboing it with the bow guy. Like if you're yeah. both, if you're covering your targets in cover, but you can use the Petra to turn their cover off, and you can shoot with silent. Yeah. Like that's a massive swing, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So yeah, always bring, bring the bird. Yeah, always bring the bird. Love it. Um, lastly, we have got the Crute Warrior. Um, I don't think there was a restriction on maybe having to bring a Crute Warrior. Nope. No, you, you have enough specialists in the box that you don't have to bring a regular dude. Yeah. So, are we ever going to bring a Crute Warrior? Mm, there is one case a scenario. Uh, if you if you want to break the GA two rule, because GA two is really good. Mm-hmm. But uh, there is some places that you don't want to activate before the opponent. Um, I'm looking at you, Tau, <laughs> or Pathfinder, or Windblade, or this kind of holds. Um, so you can bring one warrior and one dog, and then you don't get GA2. And it might be able to work. I don't know. Yeah, you yes. would go from 10 activations to 11 activations. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, they have the same shotgun as the uh, Breacher, so I mm-hmm. think you would always take the Scattergun over the rifle, uh, personally. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, I mean, it's not, a, it's not a bad model to take for that reason. Um, in general, it's nothing special, but if you are really trying mm-hmm. to play the activation game and you really want to out-activate your opponent, um, you could consider that. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about that. That's a good, that's a good shout. Yeah, lots of good nuggets been shared already. Um, let's talk about equipment very quickly because um, we are now over the two-hour mark. So, <laughs> no, no, that's okay. It's been good, good, good conversation. So, let's pick two. So, 
Zach, you can pick one. Ace, you pick the other one. Sure. And if we really, really need to talk about a third, that's fine. Sure. Um, I like... Uh, so I want to say I like the Toxin shot. Um, I know that you, a lot of these guys are not going to be... They either have special guns or they're melee focused and you're not really using the rifle a lot. But this is a... It gives you a one shot with your uh, crew pistol or dual pistols or crew rifle, crew mm-hmm. pistol or dual pistol. So it's only some of the guns, not all the guns. Um, you get four shots, damage two, two, but it's lethal five plus and stun. And it's a one shot. It's limited. Um, stun on range weapons is pretty powerful. Like stun on melee is kind of mm-hmm. whatever, but stun on range guns is pretty powerful and stun with lethal five plus on a you know, unlimited, you know, on a regular range weapon on the crew rifle uh, where you don't, it's not range f- uh, six or whatever. Um, you can like really limit your opponent's choices by hitting them with stun uh, and taking away an APL. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really feels like a utility piece that you can have in your back pocket because it's not a grenade. You can hand it out to multiple guys. You can threaten multiple uh, stun applications in one go. Um yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think it's cool. I think it's interesting. I don't know if it's like world changing. Like your opponent isn't going to quake in their boots at the thought of toxin shot being <laughs> there, but like just being able to be like surprise, your dude is stunned, and now you know they can't do everything they want to do. Is um, I think that's useful. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. What about you, Ace? What other weapon or equipment would you like to talk about? For me. I do think you are always taking the blade for for your leader because it's damage for five. So just on a quick note, mm-hmm. always take it. And uh, I think the best of them is the trophy because it allows you once per game to be APL three, and that's huge. Like, why not? I mean, with these guys, if you are able to kill someone or to make move dash shooting or I don't know charge and then shooting, that's pretty good. And because you need to be able to spend uh, really efficient your APLs. So if you get the opportunity, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, does this last long enough to count for holding objectives? No, no, no. it doesn't. Okay. But uh, it it counts if you want to push the button. Oh, yeah. Because you can pop over their APL, can control yep. it, and then push the button. That makes sense. Yeah. That's cool. So it's still it's still useful, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I've got a couple questions for you guys very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think meat is good? Like, would you take it for for three um, points? You can heal an operative D three plus one. Mm, the problem with meat, it's like there is. A lot of times that you are not going to use it. Like you are going to either be alive or death. Mm. So that's the main problem with meat. And because you get to heal like a variable amount of uh, uh, goons, which is bad. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I was thinking you could maybe stack it with your kill broker. Because, you know, if you got the, you know, if you want to really keep him alive, you could maybe try to keep him in the game longer. Um, I would almost be more interested in putting it on the uh, cold blood because he's got that hardy and he's got uh, Uh, he he reduces the damage Um, I think the main downside in my mind is that you have to do it when you're activated so you know you can have this on 
and then activate and then and then your opponent goes for you right because like oh now you can't heal because i'm gonna get to shoot you three times before your next activation Mm. so if you have meat on it's kind of like you don't want to activate that fighter until the end of the round because then they'll have taken or until like until they've taken four or five wounds and you want to heal them um but if your opponent just gets like an early high roll on your Cold blood. This can help your cold blood or leader kind of stay in the game. Sure. And that's one of the nice things about equipment in general that like you might look at the map and you might look at your opponent and be like, okay, I need to survive an alpha strike. Like if they have a one, two alpha strike and you think you'll survive the first hit and then you want to heal before the second hit, then maybe you'll throw meat on your leader or one of your other important Mm. fighters. But I think there'll be a lot of games where you roll up to the table and you go, okay, well, I'm not going to take meat this time. I think this would be better as two EP. I think three is just a little too expensive for what it does. A little too much? Yeah, I think think so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then really quickly, yes or no, Ace, do you think root pistols are worth it? Nope. I mean, if you you have one AP, AP, okay, why not? But I I think it's good um, that they are getting one AP uh, equipment for every everybody. Even if it's not that good, I don't like to have to spend only nine equipment points. That's really bad. That's like, that's messing with my head. So, yeah, it feels yeah. bad. It's yeah. annoying. Yeah, I, it's annoying. I don't know who you would put it on, honestly. Like, there's not many fighters whose guns are just not as good. I Like, maybe you give it to the cut skin because he doesn't have a gun and you want him to have one. Yeah. That's kind of about yeah. all I can think of. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it's okay. like like you said, you got one EP, you throw it on, but yeah, you're not gonna go crazy on it. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Well, we've done a good summary of the kill teams here. Um, I think I know the answer to this, um, and from a miniature perspective, I'm more interested in playing the Navy Breachers. But like objectively, which of the two kill teams do you think is the stronger of the two? Navy. At least in close in close combat. At least in the, in the into the dark rules. Yes, into the dark rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Zach, I think so. I I think as people play far stalkers, the crew, I think we'll see them. We'll see the tricks come out and people figure out good mm-hmm. things for them. But I think yeah. off the off the crack, it's going to be breachers for sure. Okay. Now, throughout this whole conversation, we've been talking about. Um, into the dark versus like Octavius rule mm-hmm. sets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we know that Octavius is like the ideal terrain for uh, kill team or, and then, or Octarius mm-hmm. rather. And into the dark is like the new shiny thing. Um, this rule set seems more appealing to me because it feels more thematic and fun, but also competitive. What do you think it's going to happen to the kill team community? Do you think they're all going to adopt into the dark or do you think this is going to be more, of a choice of play or maybe like one tournament is into the dark and the next is, you know, the older format ace, since you play a lot, I wanted to get your insight here. That's a really, 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 really good question. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I do think in Spain, we are going to play it. Uh, maybe we, we can even do like uh, mixed tournaments with both of the, of the place of the, um, Estinier, estinier, uh, uh, places to, to play. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting with the met, with the meta because you need to have a kill team that is good in the open field and a kill team that is good in the close, com- in the close quarters. So that's going to be interesting. And I do think that we are going to have like, uh, an 
into the dark full uh, tournaments over here, especially in Madrid, because other communities does, doesn't have the the power of the um, the amount of tables that we can that we are going to be able to have. So maybe they are not going to be able to uh, have a full uh, full tournament of the into the dark. But in Madrid, I'm sure that we are going to pull out. So yeah, we are trying it for sure. Yeah. Because Zach, I think it's, I think think? it's better. Pretty you much. think it's better? Yeah. I mean, I, I really like the idea of what you just said is like maybe in a tournament, round one is old school, round two is into the dark, round three is old school, round four is into the dark. That way you have to build like a varied well, strategy and list. I, I think what would be, uh, I think it's less likely that it would be by rounds. I think it'd be more likely to be by tables because you're just going to set up yeah. X number of tables and then you're going to be like, okay, mm. this round you're playing on table one, table one's an into the dark table. This round you're playing on table three. Yeah. Um, mm. And table three has Octarius terrain or Morok terrain or something like that. Um, I I think you might see events that are mixed up. Um, there's, I mean, there's people who complain online about freaking everything, right? Like it's just the in, it's just the way the internet is. And there's people who are mad. They're like, oh, you know, I put together all this terrain. I've gotten so used to this, and now I've got to change. Blah blah blah. But like, I think once people experience the game. Or they like go to an event that has it, even if they don't buy the Into the Dark terrain themselves. Like if they go to an event that has it, I think they're going to enjoy it and they're going to see the positives yeah. of it. Yeah, and and for the tournament, for the TO perspective, it's really good because then you are not going to have people complaining at you like you are doing uh, bullshit tables, mm-hmm. and that's good. You know, this is game Workshop table. Don't blame me. Yeah. yeah, and that's pretty good. Like really, really good. Yeah, I definitely agree. With that. What do you want to happen ideally, though? Like, do you would you be cool with a purely into the dark meta? Yeah, I, I will go in full into the dark. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it it needs tweaks. Like the Takov's disappearance is really really bad in my opinion. But if they tweak that, then we are we are just fine. And, and TOs can run that separately themselves. Like, if you're a TO and you're like, I'm just going to put in my custom version of you know, vantage yep. or whatever. And this is just what people are going to use instead of taking it out. Like, absolutely. I think you should feel free to do that. Mm. Yeah. And, and I do think that the, the testers are doing a fantastic job. Mm. And I think that they are going to point in this direction. Like they, you need to uh, have new uh, tack ops. You can remove tack ops from the meta. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, they probably, I mean, look, there's three more sets already announced after into the dark mm. in this yeah. theme. So, I'm sure one of them will have the yeah. the cards you're looking I for. Agree. So. Yeah. Oh, hey, cool. Ace, here's a question. Um, you've been playing. You played the 2018 version Kill Team, right? Yes. Are you going to use any of your arena kill uh, boards for Into the Dark? Ooh, that's a spicy. I wish uh, we are going to because we have a lot of uh, table of the Nexoparia of the Paria Nexus because in Spain mm-hmm. you can have the full box. Uh, sell everything and get the terrain for the terrain for free. Yeah. So a lot of people get the next the Paria Nexus like free. So they have ten boxes, eleven boxes, something like that. And so gee, we are trying to make it work. I am not sure if it's going to happen, but maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I I have the original arena and the the extra board that came that out, out alongside it. So which also is like mm-hmm. its corridors, its walls, and stuff like that. Um, and I, I know Rogue Trader had a very similar um, board, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think maybe uh, people 
maybe not for tournaments or whatever, but you'll see local stores busting those out instead of buying the new Into the Dark box oh, yeah. if they're uh, if they're strapped for cash. Yeah. Especially Arena, I think it's pretty much the same like this uh, Into the Dark. So I don't know, maybe, hopefully, you know, it give people an excuse to use their old terrain, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like it too. Um, so last couple of things then. So we did a good job of the reviewing of the uh, Into the Dark mm-hmm. rules. I really enjoyed the conversation between you two. Um, let's talk about the meta, you know, since we've got you here, Ace. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wanted to <laughs> get your idea on what do you think the top five kill teams are in the current meta before Into the Dark. Just oh, current before meta. Into the Dark, yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Legionaries, Novitiates, Pathfinder, that's three. That's maybe the top three, actually. Um, after that, you get Hunterclade, and you get uh, maybe the new Intercessors, maybe. You'd put inter- Would you really? put Intercessors above, yeah. above that card? Yeah, yeah. right now, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are they really that good, the new Intercessors? I think so, yeah. And they are they are easy enough to to start playing uh, and have some good results. With yeah, them. The, the having free shoot twice or fight twice yeah. is like insanely powerful. Like, I think even if you mm. took off their uh, chapter tactics, they would still be really good. Yeah, and having lethal five on the weapons that's, that's <laughs> so amazing. good. Yeah. So yeah, and and even for a rookie for a rookie guy, you don't need to explain difficult tactical ploys. You just <laughs> Reroll something, uh, make a shoot if you die, etc. So that they are pretty good to start. They are a really good way to start, in my opinion. <laughs> Not right? to mention, there's like wow. a billion ways to get intercessors from a GW oh, yeah. store. Like, it, I think <laughs> yeah. if you go in and tell them you're a new player, they'll just like give you three intercessors for free. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it, it, it was a really a really smart move from Games Workshop, having them having them for for free mm-hmm. and being them easy and good. They are fantastic yeah. yeah but they don't feel like they feel easy and good but they also don't feel like overtuned. like oh yeah it would, be, sure. it would yeah, have been yeah. very Completely. easy for them to be like this new space marine team is overpowered and it's the double s team it's like so good but no they they feel nice and they feel like they do have some matchups that they might struggle in but uh yes yeah. i agree the problem the problem right now at least in my current meta with the veteran guards veteran guard um there is a lot of legionary players like a lot oh true and they really struggle against legionaries, like really, really struggle. But because you don't have an, a good equipment option in your equipment, you can improve the last guns, but it doesn't really matter that much because you are playing against full Nargle teams. So, yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah. That's the main out problem. Of curi- out of curiosity, what are the two best chapter tactics you take with intercessors? Mm, I do think that you are going to take rapid, the one that allows you to move one extra inch. And there is a lot of good options here and there, but retaining chewing cover is good. Maybe not in Nexopar in Nexopar, no. In in Into the Dark, mm-hmm. but yes in the in the open field. Mm-hmm. And the one that allows you to reduce your um the critical hits by one, that's good too. So maybe that's true. I don't know. Yeah, I I personally think you always take one from the defensive group either yeah either yeah, minus yeah. one damage or plus one wound uh, and then you take one of the other ones yeah i think it's better minus one damage damage probably because yeah. Gene Rot, even if resilience. it triggered twice it's just yeah. Uh, worth it yeah for sure yeah um that's cool yeah 
Alrighty. So let's talk about the Into the Dark meta. So we think it's going to change a lot of things up. Yep. Um, and we've got, look, like season 22, 23, we've got Shadow Vault, Soul Shackle, and Gallo Fall on the way. So Ooh. I guess my question is before we get into meta talk, Zach, if there's one kill team that you wish could come that we haven't seen yet, what would it be and why? So I, I have two answers because I'm greedy. Um, okay. I am super hyped for the new squats. Like, I don't play 40k, so I'm not going to buy a mm-hmm. whole squat army. But as soon as there's a squat kill team, I'm absolutely buying it. Or Leagues of Votan or okay. whatever they're called. Leagues of Votan, uh, yeah. What about your second uh, one? I'm a big Necron player. Uh, I want there to be mm, new Necrons. Yeah. I think the Necron, Boo. I think the Necron uh, <laughs> compendium team is terrible. Um, yep. But I would love new sculpts, and I would love them to be like you get a cool thematic team, like maybe a you know a Deathmark and a Flayed One and a Lord or something like that. I I think there's a lot of room to make a cool thematic Necron team. So uh, that, that's my hope. Could come in Soul Shackle. That does sound well. I mean. Isn't one of their equipment pieces called Soul Shackle Scarabs or something like that? <laughs> yeah. No, no, well, there you no, go. Yeah, something like that. Um, how about you, Ace? What are you looking forward to? Mm, uh, since I, I like the human guys, mm. I will love something like the Inquisitor um, Inquisitor Kill Team. Mm. Mm. With uh, that could be cool. Uh, yeah, that will be really cool. Because uh, in the last edition, I used to play Astra Militarum. And I used to play with Godfred. Oh, yeah. And, and Bios, and they are really awesome models. So something like that uh, is going to be really amazing. I am really excited about the Voidsmen, the, Voidsmen, the Rogue Traders. Like, yeah. really, really, really excited. Mm. Oh, that's, fun. that's funny. Get... I'm going for the uh, the Geller Pox myself, so we're Ooh. on the opposite sides there. I think you are going to have a lot of fun with the Geller Pox. Yeah, I missed it. I didn't buy Rogue Trader when it was first out, but now I'm looking at the models, and I'm like... I might need these. Yeah. They look really cool. <laughs> they look really cool. And I do think that they are going to have cool cool rules. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm looking forward for the car skins. Do, because they, mm, are, they are humans. Do you think they're going they to get a kill team or do you think they're just uh, 40k models? Well, the thing is, like, they have the kill team base. Yeah, that's what people have been saying. So, there's saying. a lot of rumors going on. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I don't. I really don't like that we are going... We are having a lot of uh, Astra Militarum-like uh, models. Mm-hmm. I would prefer Katachan, to be honest. <laughs> Katachan, Katachan would be awesome, like really, really They're awesome. Cool, yeah. But yeah, I, I do think that there is a lot of people waiting for Gene Stealers or t- uh, Tyranids. I I hope they get it. Like Tyranids and Necrons. I think they are the two big misses at the moment. Yeah, I I hope if there's a Tyranids team, it's not just Gene Stealers. Like I know Gene, I just yeah. want a giant Lictor. Yes, I, well, uh, this would be the great chance to get a new plastic Lictor because the, the Lictor's still in uh, resin and it's old, yep. old. But man, a new plastic Lictor with some Gene Stealers and like maybe a couple Hormigons or something—that'd be a pretty sexy yes. team, man. That'd be really yes. cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. That could be sexy. Um, I have two ideas that I want to talk about. Number one is I'd love to see an assassin kill team. I don't know if it's possible. Oh yeah, but well, there there's one assassin in the um, uh huh, in the Euclidean Star Strider. So maybe we would see another one in like an Inquisition team. Yeah, yeah, that would make make sense. Yeah, Yeah. that could be. What's your other idea though? Um, I really want either like Primaris Scout kill team. 
or like like the servants of a chapter that help like protect like the the base or the ships. So they could, I mean, it could be like similar to Void's Guardsmen or not. What, what are th- I just what are they it, called in um in Black Templars? Because they have like special neophytes or something, right? Um, I think they're just called neophytes. Are, are they just neophytes? And they just, yeah. Yeah, I think, and they just um, they're like squires kind yeah. of. But I don't, I don't want like more Space Marines. I want more unique aspects of Space Marines. That'd be pretty cool. That yeah, makes sense. absolutely. Yeah, you know, Maybe. like parts of Space Marines that we've never seen yet. Um, but that function within the chapter. Actually, I, I think a really interesting uh, way to do something like that would be if there was an Inquisition kill team and there was like one Grey Knight as part of it. Because the Grey Knights are kind of mm. like the the arm, the military arm of them. So it was like some humans, like maybe a, a you know, like an Inquisitor and his retinue. And then there was like one Grey Knight attached to them. And the Grey Knight had like yeah, a psychic that'd powers. That'd be really cool. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, or like an Eisenhorn kill team would be sick. Yeah, oh, oh. which is what what yeah. what Ace mentioned earlier. Yeah, and the yeah the I don't know the, the name, but yeah, the Eisenhorn team is really mm-hmm. cool. yeah. And it, it, it's like it's made for kill team. Like it's only six models, mm-hmm. and they are pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe one that one that one day. Yeah. Maybe one day. Okay, so let's um, last thing that we want to talk about is predictions, right? Because you know mm-hmm. we're a podcast, we love hot takes, <laughs> and we like talking about the meta, and we like hot takes. So, um, Ace, who do you think are going to be the top five warbands for the Into the Dark meta? You mentioned orcs, commandos. Yep. You think that's one yep. of them? Uh, yeah, uh, we are going to have a data a, a, um, three quarter data slate. Like uh, really, really soon. Mm-hmm. So pick this like uh, really cautious because in two weeks it might be out of date. <laughs> but right now, I think if I have to pick five uh, models, five um, bands, I will take or commandos. I will take hunter clade. I will take novitiates. I will take assault intercessors. And I will take Legionaries. Yeah, mm. I think that's that's going to be the five of them. Pathfinders are going to go really, really down, I think, because they are losing the ability to put marker lights. That's bad. Love it. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I, I, I am painting Tau at the moment. Um, and I do think Veteran Guard is pretty much the same. I, I think that shooting armies are going to suffer. I don't know. Maybe Geller Pox are going to be really good. I don't know. I or Void really. Men, I don't know. Do you think Void Dancers come back? I mean, I know they got hit in the latest data slate, but it's it is a mm-hmm. closed environment uh, where they kind of excel, right? Yeah, the, I think they are going to still suffer against some matchups. Yeah, that's fair. Like Legionaries and I don't know. Maybe Assault Intercessors. I don't know. Yeah, against the most elite teams, they are going to still suffer. Yeah, so I really want Death Watch to be good. Like I just love the idea of Death Watch, but they're just not good. Not yet. No. One maybe, day, maybe sometime. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Okay. Yeah. Zach, what about you? Do you agree with Ace's decisions, choices, hot takes? You got any hot takes of your own? You want to throw um, some wild ones in there? My, well, I, I've got a little bit of um, a little bit of bias. I think Wormblade are going to be really good, just because you have so yep. many GA two shotguns, yep. which is really good in this. I think the Keller Morph's going to be really mm. good in close quarters. Yep. And the Locust has his counter charge, which is already kind of like a better version of guard that everyone's getting. 
And when you can mm -hmm. just like put him around a corner and then use his counter charge thing, I think it's going to be really powerful. Um, I yeah, I think Wormblade are going to get a, a nice little boost uh, with Into the Dark, and they were already pretty okay. I don't know if they're going to make they're going to crack that top five. Like, th yeah, Legionnaire is kind of a hard one for them. Uh, Primaris are a bit difficult for them in my experience, just because. Uh, unless your agents really do work, it's hard to crack those high health dudes. Um, mm, yeah, but I think maybe depending on how the meta shifts, Wormblade could uh, could make it up there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. and it looks like both the warbands or the kill teams rather in this set are going to be both pretty decent. Oh yeah, so, for sure. Um, I think that's definitely an option if you're looking to that. Um, and because I have to ask, because I think the miniatures are just so cool, Corsairs. Mm, and I think they get buff a little, yeah, because of the mobility. So yeah, mm, maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. I, I I still think they are lacking a a model, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, that could be the yeah. case. They look cool though. Well, we might yeah. see them buffed a bit in the data slate because that's what people have been saying. They're suffering just a wee bit, so maybe they'll get an extra dude yeah. or something. I just need Death Watch to get a buff. That's all I need. And we're chilling, man. I mean, I guess I could just paint my intercessors or yep. whatever as Death Watch, but like that's not fun. <laughs> I want to use my shotgun and my face Necron face sword, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I think as in terms of compendium teams, they're pretty good, but if your opponents are playing specialist teams, yep. you're, you're just going to have Ace a Ace doesn't time. even know what compendium teams are. <laughs> nope. We don't, we don't do yeah. that here. Yeah. We don't they, do they don't that exist. here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, our last tournament have like zero uh, compendium teams. Like, no, mm. it, no it, one. it's better than just seeing uh, agents of the Imperium literally everywhere. In my opinion, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Alrighty, well, that sounds like a great point to end the episode. <laughs> so I know it's getting late for you, so I appreciate you staying up late, my friend, mm. um, and drinking that coffee. <laughs> and Zach, um, I know that. It's probably time to hang out with the family. So. Yeah, the little one will be getting home soon. So, Yeah. So, look, I appreciate both of you so much for joining. Ace, as always, you're like our kill team expert, our specialist, if you will, <laughs> our operative, who comes in and kind of handles business whenever we get some cool stuff. Um, and then, of course, Zach, you know, you're the homie. You're on the podcast. So um, I'm really happy that we get to cover other games like Warcry and Kill Team that you're really into. Um, so thank you for joining today as well. Ace... Um, I obviously want to give you a platform and talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. If you have a plug or a comment, um, we'd love to hear it as a thank you for coming on the show. I can only be thankful to have me here. I always love to talk about Kill Team. I have a Twitch, which is uh, KT Mercenaries, if you want to say hello. I will be playing Blood Bowl and Kill Team on TTS. Oh, nice. So just say hello and if you want. Um, I will be happy to keep talking about, keep rambling, rambling about Kill Team. And thank you, Thaks, uh, Thak, sorry, for, I have a really, uh, I loved our conversation. So yeah, thank same, you. it was great to meet you, and I uh, had a good time talking. And I didn't know you played Blood Bowl, but uh, maybe next time we could yeah. chat about that, too. I'm a, I'm a big Blood Bowl fan. Yes. I'm getting into it, too. I just bought Elven Ooh, Union, nice. so you yeah. know team. what we talk about here. We can talk yeah. about that. But um, <laughs> also... Ace, you have a podcast in yep. Spanish. Yeah, it's Kill Team, Kill Team Mercenarios. Yes, if you know Spanish, it's really good. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. 
And your your Twitch is Kill Team Mercenaries or Mercenarios? Eh, mercenarios, yeah. Mercenarios, got yeah. it. Okay, cool. And Ace, if anyone has any questions, um, actually, I should invite you to the Path of Glory Discord. Yep. Just so that you're in there and people can ask you Kill Team questions. But if they're already in another Discord like Glass Half Dead or yeah. some of the TTS ones and um, Command Point, how can they reach out to you? Well, you can just type Ace and I am there. If you want, you can send me a private message and I will always answer you. I, As I said before, I really love to talk Kill Team. So, yeah, sure. Give me a private message and we can start discussing anything pretty much. Just so, slide yeah. into his DMs, guys. <laughs> yes. yes. Just slide. Um, and it's Ace with an exclamation point. At the yep. End. yep. Just in case you didn't realize how big of an Ace he was. So. <laughs> Um, cool. Well, really happy to have both of you on. And Ace, thank you again so much. The number one kill team player, rated kill team player in the world, um, to grace us with his presence. So very exciting. We hope that you continue to retain that title and that post. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look forward to seeing what you do with Hunter Clay, but also more importantly, what you do with the Navy, Imperial Navy breachers. Yeah. Um, I'll definitely be sliding into your DMs. So <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. See, well, see you in three months. Maybe. Three months? LVO? Uh, no, I mean the next box for Kill Team. Oh, it could be, could be sooner. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Sooner. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. But uh, you're absolutely right. I definitely will see you at the very least um, for the next review here. So that's it for this episode. If you, have any pa- if you happen to be a Patreon supporter, I just want to thank you again so much. Um, if you want to join our current patrons, you can do so at patreon.com slash pathofglory. You can find all of our blog content on pathtoglorypodcast.com. Um, we just recently uploaded our Hexbane Hunters review. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, or Discord at Path to Glory Podcast. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on whatever you listen to, I10, Spotify. Um, it really helps get out views and spread awareness of the podcast. And as always, whether you're playing Kill Team, Underworlds, or even Blood Bowl, we want to thank you for listening, and we wish you the best of luck on your... Path to glory. Peace. Woohoo.